Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast covering last year's biggest releases this year. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... James Hunt. And Reese Williamson. Uh, today we will be discussing... Um, it's saying here, director not founds, 2021, <laughs> record-breaking <laughs> release, Spider-Man <laughs> No Way Home. Oh, it's John who? Uh, John Watts. Um, <laughs> but before any of that, I'd like to ask James to explain a comic book concept that I just don't understand. So James... <laughs> What what I don't understand this this week is why are we being made to wait again? I hear <laughs> I hear there's going to be a whole two extra months until we can see Jared Leto's Morbius. Yeah, I I mean I was going to ask you guys what you thought was going on because I think they're, wait, they're waiting for him to win his Oscar before they release it. Right? <laughs> is he going to win an Oscar for House of Gucci? It's it's possible. I think. Is no, it? I've seen a lot of reviews that say he is. In a different film to that, to the rest of them. <laughs> Maybe he's in Morbius. Maybe actually you watch Morbius and you realise half of that movie, it's the same scenes as in House of Gucci and he's like undercover. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. The, thing, the thing that I'm interested to learn is, can someone make a film about vampires that is good? And <laughs> will this film get delayed another, <laughs> another four or five months? That's a very hot are you suggesting, James? Are you suggesting? I was hoping. I was hoping to slip that one past you. <laughs> that there are no good films about vampires. Yeah, no. Obviously, there are some good films about vampires. I'd love it if not, re- not recently. But... Not recently. When's the last good film about a vampire? Uh, like the right one ends really good. Only lovers left alive. Uh, only lovers left alive is the only one that really counts. IMO. I love the idea that there's a sub Morbius like first reviews here. Morbius sub review subhead. <laughs> Morbius review: the first good vampire movie. I like. I want. I'm ready to see it. Ready to see the it. first, the first good vampire movie <laughs> since Interview ever. with the Vampire. Yeah, since Nosferatu. <laughs> I wonder if they'll ever make a um, a vampire movie based on a video game. Then we're then we're really talking. <laughs> um, I'm just looking. Jared Leto uh, um, in. In the odds <laughs> for best supporting actor is currently third in the odds. No, oh my god! Behind Kieran Hines and Cody Smith McPhee. Um, well, we'll have to see how he does in next year's cuppies. And only Behind just. Um, wow. And then he's right. and then he's ahead of uh, Richard Jenkins and Ben Affleck in fourth and third and fourth, fourth and fifth. Yeah. <laughs> 
amazing those numbers um the, the thing I was gonna, the other thing I was gonna say is, if this film gets delayed another four months. I think it will beat New Mutants as the most delayed comic Ooh. book film. So I'm sort of rooting for it at this point. To be fair to it, <laughs> that, that has been a pandemic <laughs> in the mix here. The, that the, didn't stop New Mutants coming out. The, yeah, well, that's that's the that was the the perfect ending to New Mutants was, <laughs> was to come out at a time was, when no one could the, see it. No, was was to go through all of those delays. Like, say, like, two plus years worth of delays, only to be the first film to hit cinemas <laughs> after the pandemic. So like cinemas are reopening, and the only film you can see is New Mutants. It or was Tenet. It you could see New Mutants or Tenet. I, no, New Mutants, I think, got, like, a week's jump on Tenet, even. <laughs> like, uh... well, also, James, <laughs> you are for- I mean, sorry to a good start. You are forgetting the most delayed superhero film ever, of course, is Gambit, which they're finally yeah. bringing out this year. <laughs> It looks like they've reworked it a bit where Gambit now with like befriends a dog and like sort of drives the dog cross country. Listen, um, don't, but uh, and they've renamed it to a spoiler session it. yet. No, let's not reveal Channing Tatum's cameo in Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> that would have been amazing. <laughs> He's in the mid mid credit sequence. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Morbius has been delayed. Uh, we added that in here because there the isn't. We we just did a Hawkeye episode, which we put all of our news on, and also new release episodes. We don't do any news, so that was our only opportunity to tell you that you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for Morbius. I'm afraid, Michael Morbius. <laughs> his first name's Michael. You, what a boring name. Yeah, title, Michael. His name Sorry. is Michael. Sorry, Michael Leader, but Michael. I mean, it's just not a vampire name. Do you know what I mean? You know, it is a vampire name, and that's Morbius. No, Which fair enough. It... They, they nailed the surname. Surname, <laughs> retire for the day, you nailed it, and then Stanley or whoever invented him, you know, just because we'd have done better. What about, like, Victor? Or, you know, Smolensky? I don't Victor know. Morbius, that would have been good. Yeah, <laughs> That would have been good! <laughs> Vlad Morbius. Yeah. Vlad Morbius. You're right. I just don't... Nos. You, just wouldn't, been... you wouldn't have believed his pre-vampire story if he was... You'd be like, well, he was always going to be a vampire, wasn't he? Whereas <laughs> Michael's the regular dude, Morbius is the vampire. Well, anyway, uh, we're all looking forward to uh, Morbius, which is in the Sony Extended Universe of Spider-Man characters. The Distended Universe. <laughs> um, and because we're pre-spoilers, we can't mention yet whether Morbius did or didn't turn up in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, should we move on now to our spoiler-filled discussion of Spider-Man No Way Home? Sure. Okay, Morbius isn't in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and now it's time for the pitch. <laughs> um, do, you know who, do you know who else isn't in it? Go on. Venom. <laughs> um, we will get to that. We will definitely get to that, James. Although, as our <laughs> listeners know, we'll have to wait a while. So, um, uh, listeners, we're not doing a spoiler-free section uh, because it's been a bit of a, you know, it's been a bit of a bit of a gap since this movie came out because it took me so long to see it um, because of Christmas and Big Pando. And uh, but now I have seen it. Um, I managed I managed as well, guys, to avoid just about every spoiler from this movie. I think I could have got. I muted all of my words on um, Twitter, and that seemed to do the job. Like. I was fairly certain from the way people were talking around it that, in fact, all of the Spider-Mans did turn up. And also, you know, the size of the box office suggested that that was only happening for the Spider-Mans. Yeah, that's um, a Tobey Maguire size box office. But everything else I managed to avoid, <laughs> which I was... I was... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I was relatively pleased with that. Um, should we start off with our kind of like broad reactions to the movie? Um, is Was your um, enjoyment, guys, commensurate with the size of this movie's box office? <laughs> <laughs> for, for me, yes. I think this is my favorite Marvel movie since Avengers Endgame quite comfortably. I think this is a Spider-Man nerd Spider-Man movie for so many reasons. And it almost single-handedly restored my faith in Marvel after some pretty mediocre releases for the last year. Wow. Um, I liked it, but not that much. (laughs) Um, um, God, I'd have to think about, you know, I found Eternals really interesting. I'm not going to lie. So, I mean, I have to to think about that. But uh, yes, it was was great fun. It was... um, it was full of not surprises because because I'm a dumbass. I had read on Wikipedia what the plot before I saw the movie because <laughs> that's just my it's who I am. That's my <laughs> that's my your process. Advice. Yeah, yeah that's my process. Sure, um, but it's great. It's great fun. It's the I think the it's the pace is you know I've seen it twice and and uh, I felt like it's it's so we'll talk about it, but it's sort of so compact. There's such like really clear, not even acts, but like phases of the film that that move that that, that but the, that I think move quite quickly through their own phases, and so the, the movie does not feel long, even though it is long. I think um, lots of fun performances, oodles of nostalgia, um, a sort of a an ending that was emotional. Though I went to it with my two sisters the second time round, and I know that like they were much more moved at the end than I was. I wasn't moved and that we can get into that, but an ending that was, you know, very set for, for comic book movies often, you know, can't end, not just have a bad, have bad endings, but like sort of literally can't end. <laughs> and there's a, this feels satisfying. And, uh, and in a way, you know, if we never saw Holland Spider-Man again, this, this kind of left you, I think, satisfied. It felt like it, and, and it almost retroactively felt like it was telling actually a single story across the three movies to a to an extent. So, so yes, I do have criticisms, um, and you know, I, uh, you know, I, I let's we shouldn't try and talk about this too much in this chat, but there is that, you know, the ongoing kind of thought thinking about kind of are we happy that these movies are giving us what they're giving us and maybe we should be wanting them to be more ambitious or or not just sort of sugar you know do we want do we want a bit of salt not just sugar uh <laughs> we can talk about that but but so that that's in my head as well a little bit you know a little bit especially when, when the box office hits and does what it does but uh overall yeah great fun um you know laughs excitement Joy, popcorn. How, how drinking, many? How many stars? Soda. How many stars? Um, I'd probably go. I'd probably go four. Okay, five stars from me. Okay, Joe. Okay, <laughs> this is going to be a fun, fun podcast. Um, <laughs> I had uh, two. I, I have kind of two takes in this movie. One from when I was watching, and one kind of since uh, I came out of it and have been thinking about it more. Um, in the moment, I think this is a far, far more competent movie than I was expecting, <laughs> given given all of the elements that it was throwing into it. Like, I thought it was going to be a hot mess. 
I really did. Like, I me mean, too. Yeah, I said this on the podcast. I thought that it, I thought it was going to be a mess because it had so much stuff that it had to throw into it. I'll be honest. I think that it avoids being a hot mess plot wise by cheating a little bit. Um, <laughs> I think it, it does some shorthand. It does some. Uh, it does some shorthand with its plot. It does. Um, it does an absurd thing with the sling ring, uh, which I was just like, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding?" <laughs> I watched the most. I watched the most powerful wizard in the MCU take a whole movie to master this fucking sling ring, and Ganky's there getting it in two seconds accidentally. Sorry, Ned. Ned, I believe his name is. No, I'm pretty sure it's Ganky. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and. Yeah, and also I think it kind of, I think it goes, I think it cuts corners with its characterization of the, of the characters it's bringing back from previous movies to make them work in this film rather than fully resolve who they are. I think that you know the clearest and most egregious example of that is Electro, um, but <laughs> egregious. I think it. I think it applies to the Spider Man as well. Um, but you know, in in the moment watching the movie, I think it is kind of fun moment after fun moment, and like, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's a fun little reference. Oh, that's a nice little gag. Oh, that's uh, isn't it, isn't it nice to see Andrew Garfield again? Isn't it nice to see Tobey Maguire? Wow, aren't Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe really throwing their all at this? Um, <laughs> and Reese Evans is there too. Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, I'd love to know if he ever was. Gen- gen- genuinely, like genuinely, I, I, yeah. I'd love to, <laughs> I couldn't tell. I, 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 I get, I get the sense that he, that sh- short shot of his face might be either archive footage or done. Yeah, what was um? Oh, Sandman guy is Thomas Hayden well. Church. Thomas Hayden Church. Not convinced he was there either. No, <laughs> uh, but although that 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 has that has more of a feel of it might have been a mocap performance than Lizard does. Um, <laughs> Mm. Yeah. So for all of that, I kind of enjoyed it in the moment, um, at, but I, I kind of I, I have felt and thought less and less of it the more I think about the movie, and um, I, it, it it does ultimately feel like a bit of a hollow exercise to me. Um, I think the the returning Spider-Man work more on a meta narrative than they do actually within the movie like it was I, I i felt like i was happy to see the actors andrew garfield and uh and toby mcguire there more than i was like oh there's the peter Par- parkers that i recognize particularly garfield's who i felt that just wasn't the same character it was like no that is nice boy andrew garfield who wants a second yeah. <laughs> who wants a second chance at getting this character right um and he gets it and he got it and it's good he did yeah i i would agree with that i think Garfield's good we, in this. I think it's very important at this point to state that people should not mistake this performance by Andrew Garfield for the ones he gave in the previous movies. No, he's those a, movies he's a dick are still in those movies. Those movies are still very bad. Yes, we should not reappraise the movies based on his appear, appearance in no. this one. No, I would and say that, just, I, I just use this agree. as an excuse to watch other Andrew Garfield movies, not yeah. the Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree, but also I do want Amazing Spider-Man 3 directed by Mark Webb, 100%. So that I completely agree <laughs> with you. But hashtag release Amazing Spider-Man 3, Webb, Stone, Fox, no. um, Danger Han. Bring back Just Danger Emma, Emma Stone's corpse. 
Yes. Oh, God. No, bring it back to Spider Gwen or some shit. I really, I feel like I read that in some like six string comic book uh, news website, and that would be, and that's, and it would also, that's exactly the kind of bullshit that Sony execs would take from this success of being like, oh, I guess we need yeah, to just now that- get Emma Stone <laughs> to be Spider Gwen somehow. Let's just make it happen, multiverse. You are, you are correct that that is probably on their radar. Uh, yeah, but I, oh, I, I think they would have to throw so much money at Emma Stone for her to come back and play Spider Gwen. I really do. Yeah. Well, you know, they sell a lot of Sony iBos, I believe, so they got that cash. <laughs> <laughs> You know they make they're making eyeball money. <laughs> I mean, Natalie uh, Natalie Portman came back for Thor, so Stranger yeah. Things has happened. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, I thought all of the Doctor Strange stuff in this movie was bad. We'll get into it. Um, I thought Benedict Cumberbatch was bad. I hated all of the Doctor Strange stuff and the magic. I wish it wasn't in this movie. I wish they'd thought of a cleaner way around it. Um, Please, and- I think he's got to die. He's going to die in May. That's what I'm, I'm going. I'm saying it now. He's going to die. Kill off Doctor Strange. Mm, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to be your new Iron Man because he sucks. They haven't figured him out. He's. I, I agree. I fully agree. But I think he's the best they've got. Um, so yeah, I, I I rated this three stars coming out. I think I'm closer to like two and a half. Two. You absolutely yeah. in the yeah. bin, Joe. Jesus I, Christ. I, I think it's good moments, bad movie. No, no. I think it's this movie for me is so good that it retroactively makes all the previous Spider-Man films worth oh, existing as well. <laughs> Every single even Spider-Man even film. the Amazing Spider-Man films, it gives though it gives them part of a larger narrative that makes me go, sure, those films are bad and stupid things happen in them, but it gets sorted out eventually. Someone was paying attention. Does uh, does it get sorted out? Yeah, because Andrew Garfield gets his moment of of saving saving someone uh, he doesn't know. No, saving someone who matters to Peter Parker. You see, in that in that moment, I think that was exactly what I was saying. I was like, "Oh, isn't it nice that Andrew Garfield is finally getting his hero moment as Spider Man?" Yeah, I, what I was it is not, it's great. What, what I was not thinking was. <laughs> That is a nice redemption moment for that Peter Parker. <laughs> I mean, the weird thing about that Peter Parker is that he gives that speech about how like he went really dark and angry off screen and you're going... No, that happened on screen. We saw no. it. Yeah. A, that happened on screen. And B, this is what Andrew Garfield was feeling in between those two movies. Like, annoyed and frustrated that he had been booted as, out of Spider-Man after mm. two movies. Um, But I was happy for him. Like, I can't... This is the thing. I can't divorce what happens in the movie from the meta-narrative around the movie. Hmm. For me, that is just the movie, right? Yeah, I just... Yeah, I'm with I'm with James on this, Joe, and that's maybe that's uh, why I'm between... I'm not so blink... I'm not so, you know, splinker drinking the Kool-Aid as old James, but I do... <laughs> when, you know, when Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire appear in Spider-Man No Way Home, 2021's uh, John Watts release, playing characters Peter Parker, bracket Spider-Man, it doesn't... It doesn't matter, I don't think, if you know, if you watched Amazing Spider-Man 2 an hour before you walked into this and you went, hmm, I'm not so sure that their mannerisms are the same. Like, it's the same character because like the movie tells us that this, hey, this is Spider-Man from that movie. And so it is. That's the truth. That's the reality of the of the film. And then 
I'm yeah, I'm with James. No, that's when, not that's not how Andrew... films work. That's not how films work. Like, <laughs> no, but it, well, but it can't. It is though. You know, that, stuff happens. There's, there's stuff so, happens between each so frame many, of a film. But there's so yeah, there are so happen. there are so many um, legacy sequels or reboots that we choose to discount in our head canon because they're bad or they suck. And sometimes even the filmmakers decide that they want to discount them and not include them in the canon anymore. Like Halloween movies, right? That have just been, that (laughs) that we've now had like sequels that ignore different sequels and sequels to sequels that ignore, you know, it, it happens all the time. Just because a movie is saying this is that character does not mean when I'm watching it that I go, yes, I agree. Because it, for me, for me, that was, that was a fundamentally different character. Well then, but then maybe that. Well, okay, I I agree. It's, it is headcanon, but you know that was that's also true between that's also true of sequels. You know, it's it's all headcanon between like frames of a film. It's all headcanon. Yeah, and I guess maybe me and James, we we could we wanted to and could stitch the headcanon together between mm. between the Spider Man three and Amazing Spider Man two. <laughs> oh yeah, and fucking Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Yeah, you know, we could. We wanted to stitch <laughs> this it is... together and could enough, and I think the movie gives you enough to stitch it together. And so, in my head, I I am not denying your ex- I'm not denying your experiences here, and you know, experiences <laughs> of our listeners watching this movie. I'm saying for me, I couldn't I I couldn't read that as the same character. I was pu- I, I was purely enjoying the Andrew Garfield stuff on the meta narrative of <laughs> Garfield getting a second shot. For me, right. Again, I think I think everything we're saying sort of resolves with each other. Because for me, yeah, we're fine. Of course, of course, it's the same Peter Parker. That's Andrew Garfield playing Peter Parker. Doesn't matter if his mannerisms are different; it's the same guy. And like he, he was, he was Peter Parker. Like he made different choices and he gave a different performance. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Joe is saying like he doesn't believe that that is the same guy. No, I think that's the same actor playing a different version of the guy. I think Mm. that's the Peter Parker that Andrew Garfield always wanted to play, but wasn't able to in the Mark Webb movies. Yeah. But like I said, for me, like it's, it's Andrew Garfield playing Peter Parker. It doesn't matter what's, what's in the text. Like what's on the screen is that guy playing that role. Mm. It doesn't matter to me if they line up because it's manifestly like, Andrew Garfield's history as Peter Parker exists off the, off the you know quote unquote page of this movie. Regardless, it's funny that we're arguing about the Andrew Garfield of this because I think <laughs> the more the, the more egregious return is Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. Who, <laughs> I, yeah, I think I agree with that. He, he doesn't get a moment. He gets stabbed for no, no he reason. Does, he gets a great moment, which is that he stops. Tom Holland from beating the shit out of Willem Dafoe. Another moment that I just thought was absurd. I just could I I, I could not I could not buy into um Okay, so I'm going to say something else. I think Tom Holland's bad in this movie. I don't Ah, come what? on. I don't Come on. I don't I don't think he's been bad in the previous two. I think he flubs most He has most been of bad this. in the previous two. I think I think weirdly <laughs> 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 See what else I can say for someone to disagree with. Um, <laughs> um, I I think weirdly he and Zendaya on screen have like no chemistry. Oh, oh no God. chemistry at all. I, I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that relationship. I you thought, are killing me. I thought yes, splintering her off with 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 Ganky was a bad idea because they don't have any like comedic chemistry either, and. 
Yeah, I, I think I think the big mis- the big mistake that this film makes for me in terms of that final moment where um, where Tom Holland Spidey is wailing on um, the Green Goblin is that that shouldn't have been the Green Goblin that he was wailing on. If if this film, rather than having a Doctor Strange in it who causes everything, has a villain in the center of it who is unique to the Tom Holland franchise, who is pulling the strings and is unique to Tom Holland and brings all of these other bad guys, and maybe we didn't need one villain from every other movie. Maybe we could have cut um, Sandman and Lizard, right? Maybe we could have not brought those two back because no one, no one's getting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, they didn't. The... They didn't add anything to the box office here. We didn't. We didn't need to bring them back. What if I've there got was? To say, what if there was there... a villain from this universe who Tom Holland blames for bringing these characters back that result in the death of Aunt May? And that's the person that he's wailing on. But like, it doesn't make any sense that he's he's being no, the shit out of Green Goblin. It that... just doesn't. The reason he's angry is because it's all on him. That's why he's letting go of his strength. Cause, like that's why he's wailing on Willem Dafoe because he's angry with himself. Yeah, but I, he's I, just I, like, this is all my fault. But you're the only guy here I can beat the crap out. Of. But that character, that character is arriving as they all do with so much baggage attached to a different character. Yeah, fair. And I, I just think I, I, I would have loved to have seen a version of this movie that had something tangible for the Tom Holland Spider Man to be to be gripping onto. Because I, you know, when we talk about those those first two Spider Man movies, the reason they're so good is because of Maguire's personal connection with those antagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I, you know, I think that's probably the one thing that the amazing Spider-Man movies get right is it tries to establish that connection between Peter <laughs> and the antagonist. It just, it just does it. <laughs> Fails. It, it, it will, it does it whilst having a Peter Parker who doesn't actually care. Um, but you know, it attempts to do it. And you know, that's why, that's why I think, you know, that still the single best moment in the, in the three Tom Holland Spider-Man <laughs> movies is the mm-hmm. Michael Keaton Reveal, driving him yeah. to prom where, yeah suddenly you're like oh holy shit this is a great this is a great this is a great great setup for your two for your hero and your antagonist and i do that, i do that's think lacking for me here it's really I, lacking for me here i do think michael keaton should have been in this movie because he makes a lot more sense than almost any of the characters that you actually put in it no but james that he was said, too busy he was shooting morbius he, he couldn't he couldn't get <laughs> to set i'm sorry i'm sorry bud yeah um, it does feel a bit like the reason they've got so many villains is because Sony went, we want our Sinister Six movie. Do yeah, it as this. Well, sure, but they didn't. They weren't six of them. <laughs> <laughs> you got so close to the Sinister Six. And I just, just I assumed, I'm sure you guys did as well. I yeah. assumed, like, oh, there's five of them. They'll be a six. Because because these guys, because <laughs> Abby, Ar- yeah. because these guys seem to want to make a Sinister Six movie since like 1703. So there'll be six of them. Yeah. And then there wasn't. <laughs> I was. Five. I'm confident there was a draft of this. I'm confident there was a draft with six people in it. Six Maybe they're, sp- they're specifically not so they can do a Sinister Six movie oh, in the future. It is that, isn't it? It is that, isn't it? God damn it! This is the yeah, fear. We have to have less than six because we want to. We want to use this idea in the future. <laughs> I um, think I just want to. Pi- I want to push so, you so that, so, something you can, said. Can we, Joe? Okay, I was. Yeah, you go first. <laughs> well, I'll make one, which is that 
you said the reason that those Spider-Man movies are good is because he, the reason is because he has a, a connection with the villain. That's a, it's a reason. reason. Yeah. yeah, it's a and, reason. Yeah, that's fair. And I think you can look at you know there are lots of superhero films and lots of action films, blockbusters where you know the uh, they are good and regarded, and you have and not just you have fun with them, but they are good and they are doing interesting stuff. And the relationship between you know a protagonist and antagonist is a bit more generic. And I don't even think that you have that here. You do have. You know, he kills. The Green Goblin kills his his family. Kills Aunt May. That's you know, that's almost the biggest hurt you could put on Spider Man. That's what I mean. I think, maybe... I, but I think that's a. I think that's a bad choice to make. That the Green Goblin is doing that. Except the Green Goblin is Spider Man's biggest, you know, greatest enemy. And I kind of yeah. really dug that by the end of this movie. The greatest, the greatest kind of uh, hurt on Peter Parker that probably he'll ever experience—the death of his close family, his Uncle Ben equivalent, his Aunt May—was per- perpetrated by his greatest ever villain, Green Goblin. I kind of, you know, they the way they got there, you know, I kind of it's I, there's an elegance to it uh, in the within the canon of this of this character's franchise. I don't know that sounds yeah, that and sounds I think a they wanky, do, but. <laughs> They do also do a lot of work to build up the relationship between Willem Dafoe and Tom Holland. Like, it's not like it comes out of nowhere. But, so it, it's also why I think the moment at the end, why I don't think that works as a moment for Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. The moment for Tony Maguire's Spider-Man for me should have been fixing, saving Doc Ock. That 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 was the one that if you said to me like what's the what's the thing that feels unresolved from that franchise it was like well that's that's the guy he could have saved because again like I don't I don't think this <sighs> Green Goblin in the first Spider Man movie is pretty much full evil by the end of the movie it's you know it's it's on the Gollum scales he's pretty much <laughs> he's pretty much Gollum for the for the major for the majority of the back half of that it's like. <laughs> It's like he's losing his grip on Norman Osborn the longer the film goes on. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the 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 Doc Ock one, and and you know that he's and he's not a great guy to start off with either. Norman Osborn. That's the other thing about that about that <laughs> franchise. Whereas Otto is genuinely kind of like a good dude. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he's I, and, just and, made insane by the AI of his tentacles. Yes, <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> Regardless that, of how little sense yeah. that makes. You hear that, Elon Musk? AI <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I I, I really I, I really struggled with the final act of this because I, I wasn't buying the emotional beats. I thought it was one of the worst looking Marvel films. Uh I thought the the, the action was so muddy like for all of our complaints on disney plus that they've been setting their fight scenes in warehouses i thought it was really bold for one of the biggest blockbusters of all time to have a fight around some scaffolding because that's what that's what that final sequence is it's not it's not the statue of liberty (laughs) it's not you you don't see the statue of liberty it's it's scaffolding i mean i just want spider-man I do wonder whether the Marvel, the, the unfortunately, and I'm not again. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Dis- what do you say, Ali? I'm not disagreeing with your feelings, Joe. <laughs> but I just wonder whether the Marvel movies are proving year after year that that sort of uh, interesting action c- cinema it, uh, 
is is dri- it's driving further away from sort of action, action blockbusters. Yeah. It's like it doesn't it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to matter. I don't think my <laughs> sisters, who are both younger than me, and obviously not like stupid ass nerds like me and you guys are, but you have seen various Spider Man movies, etc. Like you know, they aren't. I, I don't I don't wish to speak for them, but I'm I'm telling you, and I, and I will speak for them. They aren't sat there <laughs> in that last sequence thinking about the action they are thinking about the character moments between the three spider-men zendaya genki the five villains that's the stuff that and then it, almost the action the fighting the punching it's just it, it's these sort of moments in between the character beats and in a way it's almost it's almost like this flip of, of how action cinema kind of why it even existed in the first place which was oh well the kind of character bits the story is just going to get us from action sequence from one action sequence to the next this is the flip of that. It feels like, in some ways, and, and, just, and you, it's something to put in the trailer, and it's 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 spe- it's almost it's spectacle, not action, in some ways. And that's yeah. just. And I'm not denying your experience. I have the same experience if I think about it too much. But it doesn't seem to care. It doesn't seem to matter to people, and they don't. And they're not looking for that from these movies. I was going to say, I've been I've been well out in front of that. In the even even watching Avengers Endgame, there was part of me that was like. I just don't have this fight sequence and let's get to the bit after Thanos is dead. Right. Hmm. But cinema's a visual medium. <laughs> no, but the talking is the fun bit. You want I, to see the toys, you know, sort of talk to each other and kiss? Yeah, yeah a, a little bit, but not what, for 45 minutes. Okay, right. Forget forget a broad action scene. Forget a competent action sequence with geography. What I want in a movie that has three Spider-Men is an iconic shot with the three Spider-Men. <laughs> the, we don't, it's the hug. The, the fi- you get it with the hug. No, but the final... Yeah. No, right. With the point three. I need the three Spider-Men. The... I need the three Spider-Men swinging through the air and visible and where I can tell which one is which without having to have a close-up on their face. Like, I... I I just thought that, that I thought that that third act sequence, I was genuinely tearing my hair out going, this is so bad. I agree Wait, that I, I, it, it I could really have done it. with an Avengers like panic tracking shot like they had in that movie. But I was fine. Like for me, the iconic moments in this film are the character moments. Like, you know, that, that bit of Tom Holland on the roof and the other Spider-Man turning up and you're seeing them in like silhouette on the roof. I fucking loved it. I don't care that they were, probably weren't even there. <laughs> can I? Uh, can I sort of? Psycho- I don't know. If, I don't know if we plan to go through the movie chronologically. We normally yeah, do. Yeah, we, we, but, we um, will to an extent. Yeah. I just wanted to make a comment on on the Joe side of the argument, which is, uh, I think the biggest problem with the movie is uh, the Zendaya and 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 Peter relationship or lack thereof i.e you are supposed to really feel you know because remember the movie doesn't end the movie kind of doesn't end with with the big multiverse stuff that 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 happens at the end but then the then the the movie really ends with the whole memory wipe thing that's supposed to be the (laughs) the emotional kind of crux of the movie what what it's all been building to and i think the key that's it's such a problem that i just don't i didn't really care that much that that at that point you got the only people that know him at that point in the movie are strange. Stephen Strange has been a bit of a dick to him. So give a shit. Ganky Zendaya and, and happy, right. Who's barely been in it. So you're, you're thinking, you're talking about Ganky and Zendaya. And I think Jacob Batalon for all his, you know, uh, uh, positives. I don't think he's a very good actor. I don't think he's very charismatic. Um, 
I, I don't really, I'm not invested in their friendship at all. And then, so then you have the key bit, there's Zendaya and, and, um, and Peter Parker. And, and in sort of movie time, you know, they've only, they only really got together at the end of the previous film and they barely spend much of this film together. And so I so, just really wanted to feel more when that, that final kiss came and he went to visit her in the diner. I, I sort of, I really, I didn't really feel much at all. Can I, and can I was, give you yeah. my take on, on this relationship on screen? I I can completely see why this relationship would resonate with a teenage audience. Because to me, it does feel like two characters and two people who don't really have anything in common, don't really have any chemistry, but fancy each other quite a bit. And they're 18, so it feels like the most important, I can't lose this person, love of my life. But when they walk, when when Tom Holland walks into the diner in the last scene and is like, "Oh hey," and it's like, "Yeah, they're just they're just any two kids. They're just any two kids <laughs> who don't who don't matter." Like I'm not watching that going, "Oh my god, this this couple that are destined to be together." Now, when I was thinking that was when I was watching Toby Maguire and Kirsten Dunst. Now I don't know if they had any any chemistry. I don't know. If <laughs> they it... did not. For the avoidance yeah. of doubt, they yeah. did not. But I was, but I was fucking fourteen watching that movie, and they <laughs> and they'd done an upside down kiss in the rain, and I was like, oh my god, these people need to be together at the end of that movie. How can they walk away from each other? They're perfect. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I I completely understand you know how it might be working for people. I think it's flat out insane, James, that you think you've got chemistry. <laughs> you're a, a grown ass man. <laughs> I think you're they're fully both... twenty years older than Reese and I. They are. <laughs> they are both. You're, you're forty. <laughs> they are both good comic actors, and that's all I want out of any relationship. I just if they can oh, okay. they can spark off each other and be funny in their own ways, which they can. I don't care if they are just like visibly horny. That doesn't doesn't worry me. Well, they're not going to be visibly horny in an MCU movie. <laughs> um, do you? Here's a question. Okay. Talk, talk, talking about the meta narrative of this movie, do you believe they're in a relationship in real life? In real life, yeah, yeah. I don't believe it for a minute. <laughs> the the thing for me about that relationship, right, is that when we get to the end of the film, and he makes the decision to walk away the overwhelming feeling I got was that is a, that is the right choice. Please don't undo it in the next movie. Um, Cause well... I, I have these like really horrendous visions of like Tom Holland meeting Jacob Banlan and them doing the, like him trying to be like, Oh no, we were friends in a previous life. You have to remember. And then doing the handshake thing. And he's like, Oh wait, the handshake. <laughs> I remember. And I just like, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I, those um, characters are done. Bring in new Spider-Man supporting characters. I got good news for you on the Jack of Battle on front. Uh, <laughs> he isn't going to be in any more of these movies. <laughs> but like <laughs> Zendaya opinion, as well. Like I think Zendaya is going to be. In I think movies. that character they resolved it well. I sort of, you know, perfect ending for that phase of his life. Let him move on. Part of the Spider-Man story engine, right, is that it was for a big chunk of its initial run. It was actually a romance comic that had a superhero in it. And he was constantly like switching between different partners, different love interests. And, you know, there was a will they won't they with Gwen and Mary, Mary Jane and stuff. And like, I, Gwen and Mary Jane. 
but you know, I love Triangle. You know, okay. Betty and Veronica, <laughs> Betty and Veronica, no, Archie. Calm down. Thing. Calm down. <laughs> calm down That's a very buddy. different comic being made. Calm down. What <laughs> is this? Like, Mark Millar's Trouble? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like, that's the that's the sort of thing I want them to do in the next film. I have no doubt that they're going to bring back Zendaya and and memory wipe her. But just for this bit, let me let me hope that that relationship is. As much as I enjoyed it, as much as I enjoyed Zendaya, it's weird that that's a that's a that's a that's a hanging thread that they've got in like multiple franchises now of like with between this and Guardians of the Galaxy of we were in a relationship but you Mm. don't remember. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I mean that that's more a sort of that's a problem with scheduling more than anything, right? Because that should have been resolved by now. Okay, hot take, hot take. The next Spider-Man solo movie will at the start feature a conversation between Peter Parker and Chris Pratt, uh, Star-Lord, and that's what it will be about. Star-Lord having resolved that issue with Gamora in Guardians 3 and Spider-Man yet to resolve. There you go. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing is, though, Prediction. right, I was reminded of Man of Steel at the end of this movie. Not, was it Man of Steel? No, Batman v Superman. Where, like, the shot of Tom Holland, like, on his own in the world with a police scanner and a costume and a crappy little apartment that looks like his apartment from Spider-Man 2. Um, just being like, okay, I've got my mission. My purpose is clear. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be the best Spider-Man I can be. No gimmicks, no assistance. I'm going to be the very best. And I was like, <laughs> show me that movie next. Yeah, I would, I would prefer to see that. Then. I don't think we're going to get it. I think we're, I think really they put it in a place of well we can do one without marvel if we want to because no one remembers him but they'll re-sign a contract and they'll bring back all the people and all the bullshit and he'll be back in the avengers and oh god we'll probably love that. it yeah i didn't even think of that but that's a great you, but of course you're right gen- of course you're genuinely right. did you not yeah. the whole yeah. like the whole ending of that movie i just went well sony clearly said this is where he has to end up in yeah. case to this set, deal doesn't to set happen. him up but like 20 more movies where he never interacts with a single yeah. character from the MCU because they don't know who he is. Of course, genius, James. And genius. we should, and, 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 you know, I know we joked about this. <laughs> at, I know we joked about this at the start, but, um, Morbius has Michael Keaton in it. So yeah. they're, they're, they're doing something there with, uh, unless that is, you know, that, my... that universe's version of the vulture. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. My my take is characters will still remember Spider Man and Spider Man existing, but they just won't remember Peter Parker was him. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I don't. I, okay. I, I guess though, ultimately, I, I, part of my problem is I don't care. Part of my problem is I've come out. I come away from this movie, and you know, a lot. Uh, I've all. I, I have struggled with this franchise in the MCU for as long as they've been doing it. I think that. I think. My favorite is still the first, which is a movie I'm lukewarm on. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I think I got to the end of this. Like, I, I love doing the MCU speculation with most of the franchises. I find it really difficult to care about what's coming next with Spider. And, and I, that, that for me is that's <laughs> such a that's such a weird thing because I really like the character of Spider Man. <laughs> I've just, I've just not, I've, I've. Just, I failed to invest with this franchise. I don't think it's for me, though. I do. I do think of all of the MCU franchises, I don't think this one is for me. 
Well, it seems to be for most other people on the, in the world. <laughs> I think it's for people. I think it's for people younger than me and James. Mm. <laughs> I mean, but, but Joe, the box office, the box office dis- disagrees with that. With yeah, that idea, yeah, I think the box office goes, no, this is an this is an Avengers Infinity. War. This is a Star yeah. Wars Force Awakens level four quadrant. Mm. You know, commercial, yeah. accessible, smash fucking hit, baby. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, not just James and kids. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless the, unless James and the kids have seen it a whole lot of times they're like they've seen it I've, I've seen it 50 times um one more question before we get into some of the plot specifics um mm-hmm. I have a question too do you, did it, it was one of the questions we were asking before this came out and I've not really seen many people mention it since the film came out which makes me think it ultimately wasn't a problem um but did comparisons with Into the Spider-Verse not cross your mind at all watching this or give you any pause watching this? Um, I I can see the confluence, but I think this was a different beast. This was more a celebration of the cinematic Spider-Man over the last 20 years. And specifically yeah. that. I mean, I mean, perhaps, I'd, you know, maybe this is Sony planning things very smartly, but actually... You know, I'm not sure there's a single character in Spider-Verse that particularly resembles any characters in this or any of the, you know, any of the characters in the MCU Holland Spider-Verse. And so that yeah. helps. And also, you know, and so and particularly, you know, there's I want I I kind of thought Miles Morales would find his way into this, but but that didn't happen. There's not a, even really there's close. A, there's a reference, right? Isn't there? Bare, yeah, barely a reference. Yeah. Um, and 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 the other thing that everyone remember you know that is so wonderful about spider-verse uh is is all of the trippy action stuff which again i kind of i thought we might get a bit of in this you know the sort of multiverse of it all but actually i think we were all probably overthinking the multiverse pre-release we were you know speculating oh my god no way home what does that mean does he get trapped in a different universe and he has to fight his way out and he's in an altered reality and actually <laughs> you know, it was, it was so. The title and, and has nothing to do with the film. <laughs> it doesn't, and maybe this ties into. And I kind of agree with you, Joe, earlier when you said, you know, the kind of the the sweaty way of of getting to the premise. It is, and the, you know, the, the strange of it all. It is very sweaty. It is, and it's kind of if you think that the for me the sequence will maybe we'll get to it. The sequence when he's doing the spell, uh, and I, you know, that really hit hard, particularly the second time I saw the movie. That sequence where he's, you know, doing the spell and Spider-Man's asking for things, and then at the end, that's the kind of essentially that's the premise of the movie. That moment that that creates the the issue, the issues, and like it's, I mean, that's it's ridiculous. That's it's so it's but both those characters are acting so dumb in that moment, and which causes all the problems. Um, and actually, this again, yeah, again, the kind of there is no Spider-Verse kind of you know flashy portal teleporting shit and it's different timelines it's not it's not that at all it's no. it's much more pedestrian and that makes it probably more accessible to a to a you know billion dollar audience i'm sure it does but and also the benefit of you know it not reminding you too much of spider-verse but it also makes it a bit sweaty and a bit pedestrian um, I, but, but maybe we can talk about and that. i think we, you know we, we were obviously debating before the movie from the based on the trailer whether this felt like it was actually Doctor Strange. And I think I came <laughs> I came away from the movie going, that's the Doctor Strange that I saw for most of his solo movie. I kind of felt like the Doctor Strange that we were presented with across Infinity War and Endgame was a, you know, a, a kind of 
a, a Doctor Strange who matured, matured yeah. and would, yeah, had yeah. kind of embraced this statesman. This, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> yeah. this re, this this more yeah. Zen version of the character. This more ancient one version of the yeah. character. And he's not he's not in this film. And I kind of felt like prior to this, like, oh, the one element of Doctor Strange, the solo movie that I didn't like was Cumberbatch's character. Yeah, you know, I didn't like uh, that. That was the thing that I thought that still needs work. I like the movie you're in more than I like the character. And then I thought, oh, they fixed him. They figured it out in the, you know, in the crossover movies. And then here he is back to that previous version. It's because he's been demoted. Well, I was going to make a joke, but maybe he gets back from the blip and he's all mature and stuff. And then he's sort of, Wong, how you doing? Great. So I'm back. The Sorcerer Supreme's back. And he's like, oh, no, I'm the Supreme Daddy. And then Strange's like, oh, oh, I'm going to, I'm throwing a hissy fit now. I'm uh, uh, I'm throwing all my toys out of the pram. Uh, I'm a kid again. Uh, I think i tell you something that I thought was interesting was that they, they changed the scene that was in the trailer in the movie. Like in the movie, Wong is a lot sort of angrier and he's going, don't cast that spell. And in this one, he's like, I can't remember what he says, but he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on you or something. And it's a, it's a much softer. He kind of, he kind of says, like, oh, do whatever, do whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah keep me yeah, out of it. Yeah, that's it. Do whatever. Just keep me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting that they softened that moment to presumably try and make Doctor Strange seem less insane. He's a, he's a dick through this entire movie. And, you know, like the... I, I yeah, can, but that's I can see how they were, they were trying to replicate the Tony Stark of Homecoming, where yeah. it's they're probably in the movie a similar amount. He kind of he kind of chastises Peter more than he encourages him. I just thought that like it, you know, it in this movie it it is obvious that all of the problems are kind of of Doctor Strange's making. Hundred percent, hundred percent that he does fuck up the spell. And then, and then, like, if he's like, "Oh, here is this kind of colossal multiversal threat that you need that that needs sorting out," like, it it feels less like jokey Iron Man jetting off to a wedding in the first Spider Man because there isn't really any big thing going on that he needs to be sorting out. It's like, no, Doctor Strange should be around helping in the narrative <laughs> of this movie. He should be around helping. And then, you know, like the the whole fight sequence in the middle of the movie between the two of them. Like I think you know we're clearly supposed to be on Spider-Man's side. That is the <laughs> that's the great power, great responsibility thing, right? Is that we need to we need to be on the side of these villains are for saving, not for killing. Um, but how insane that one of your you know your your banner superheroes in the MCU is going. It literally says, doesn't he? Like some of them just need to die. <laughs> Like he's like, yeah. Sometimes people just, they, you know. No, they're... I can sort of, I can sort of buy Doctor Strange's impulse being, let's not interfere with reality because we screwed it up once already. And Peter Parker's being, no, we have a moral duty. Like, it's it's a different scale problem, isn't it? Like Doctor Strange, I don't think yeah. would be worried about individual lives because he's focused on the big picture. Whereas Peter Parker is very much friendly neighborhood, down to earth. Hmm. this guy shouldn't die just because he got electric powers. And he is correct in that. I just, uh, I, I came out of this movie, you know, uh, wanting to see the next Doctor Strange movie less than I did. <laughs> you know, because I was just, because I was just like, I, I, this character was so much less fun in this movie than he was previously. 
that that's because he's uh, like he's an adult in a film that is about kids, right? He's the authoritarian figure. I mean, I fully, I, I, I mean, I don't think they would do this, but I would fully love if you come out of what uh, you come out of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, not with a dead Doctor Strange, but with a Doctor Strange and Wanda, who are the new, you know, massive villains of the MCU. That'd be cool. That and would think, be cool. And I think that that would be less. You know, when we were talking about when we were watching One Division of like. Would it be a good thing to turn like the grieving lady, you know, kind of like the comics did into the in, into the big bad villain who you know can't control herself? But like, if if the pair of them were to do it together, yeah, okay, I'm on board. Well, I'm, I'm on board with that. Or flip it, and it's and it actually wanders on the side of the good, and Strange gets corrupted by the movie. I mean, I don't know. No, both of them. Both of them. <laughs> That's what I want. But I think I think part of the you know who knows right, but perhaps you know. He doesn't. He, Strange's kind of mentor role or role as a as the grown up in Spider Man's life or whatever gets gets shifted a bit. You know, when the other two Spider Man come in in that last act. So I think I think particularly in the conclusion, they try and give. I mean, it's the lamest kind of send off line where you know, oh, c- call me Stephen. I think that's his final line to Spider, which is I mean, it's supposed to be in the callback, right, to them oh. <laughs> to them chatting, but it's, it sort of doesn't. It's terrible, doesn't that at all? And because the first if, time when he says it and says, "Call me sir," you're like, "What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you've been a dick." <laughs> and he just doesn't have, you know, it, let's say in some alternate reality way, Benedict Cumberbatch, ten years <laughs> older, pl- no, played Iron Man, and then Downey Jr., ten years younger, is now playing Doctor. Sh- I just kind of feel like Cumberbatch has this prickliness where he just. He's just not. I think he. The, I think maybe everybody. The performance. The movie yeah, thinks they, he's being more charming than he is when he's being a dick. Whereas yeah. Whereas if if, dick, if, you know? if Iron Man had been had said that, you'd have gone. Ah, that's funny. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Cumberbatch yeah. has got many talents. Many, many talents. But you know, <laughs> I he? think being like <laughs> yes, yes. But being being kind of char- charmingly charismatically like a bit of a cad, a bit cheeky. Cheeky is not doesn't seem to be in yeah, yeah. no that's, again, you're right, yeah. that's all of the stuff that fell flat in the first Doctor Strange movie the the like the Beyonce stuff and the let's let's try and have a bit of fun at the funny duddy wizard's expense whereas I think at this stage where I've seen enough of them as characters and also you know of the respective actors as performers I want I want that cheeky stuff from Wong I don't want it from Doctor Strange mm. Wong's the one who I like set that kind of like little bit of banter from that said, yep. worst bit of Avengers Endgame is them talking about the ice cream. <laughs> I would happily delete that. That's the only thing in Endgame I would be like, no, nah, lose it. I can't remember. Just lose it. What is that? Hunger, hunger, Come burning. Ice creams. Yeah. yeah. Wait, the what? ice creams that have been named after them? Is that the beginning? Yeah, right? when, when Doctor Strange and Iron Man and uh, Hulk are all in the Sanctum. Oh, we're talking Infinity, Infinity War. War. Oh, right, okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infinity War, yeah. I was like, yeah. were they bantering at, <laughs> at the funeral? This feels like he's been blitzed. Yeah, no, Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Stephen Strange is a dick. He would have, he would have been bantering at the funeral, wouldn't he? He would have. Yeah, been. he would. He's he would have been a dickhead. He would have been asking Harvey who the hell he was. Been laughing in <laughs> Peter's face, going, "Ah, your mentor's dead." <laughs> 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 you want me Reese. to be? You want me to be a new mentor? Well, I will, but I'll be a dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be rude. <laughs> Reese, you said you said you had one more question. What was it? Oh, the most important question of them all. 
This is for James only. Joe, I don't care about your opinion at all. <laughs> you might, James? You might get it anyway. Yes. No, you're banned. James, you're in control of the record. Mute him. Uh, James, James J.W.Q. Hunt. What did he think of the costume at the end? Willy Quonka. Of the, of the what? The costume? The costume, the new costume. Of course. I, of course I loved it. Yes. I thought it was perfect. I don't know why he wasn't they wearing it from the start. They somehow did, we were talk, I think we talked about on the Hawkeye episode how like three quarters of the Mark, the Disney Plus shows have ended with like <laughs> and the, this, the the character gets the costume you know he'll have yeah and yeah and, and yeah they and they did that again with this one and yeah it, it somehow landed you're like yeah, oh my god cause... they're right this is his first handmade costume oh my god it's this like is the thing the right thing. every every Spider Man movie that has tried to deviate from the classic look of the characters fucked it up. But and I include every previous MCU Spider-Man film on this. <laughs> Spider-Man has one look. It's iconic. You don't change it. But you'd forgotten at that moment at the end of that reveal at the end. I had kind of forgotten that that they had changed it. I like, as you say, for all the Holland movies. I had, and that this was some kind of you know some kind of origin story of lots of the elements of the grown-up Spider-Man that we. No, that we recognize from the comics from the other movies etc uh and i yeah I, I thought that was very elegantly done you know sort of contract contractual stuff aside maybe they wanted to set, set it up to be x y and z but other other than that i yeah when you realize at the end, oh he's in an apartment he's probably yeah. gonna you know no he doesn't have any friends he's made his own costume he's swinging in the snow in manhattan because the other thing that you know they we, we was more remarked upon i think with the other two hollands is like they sort of hadn't done a ton of like spider-man <laughs> swinging around manhattan they yeah, had they avoided still, it they, and... s- they still haven't really <laughs> yeah well they're no, sure the, but it's the most yeah. you get of it is in infinity war that's true yeah um, where he's in greenwich um, village yeah. it is uh, this this is not a comment on the costume because i i did kind of go <laughs> oh yeah that looks like the the the, the actual spider-man costume um <laughs> but it is funny how that that is a returning bit that these movies somehow managed to pull off which is or movies and tv shows which is to go for such a long time here is our spin on the costume do you like it do you like it well wait until you see the real one which is the one mm. that was debuted in the comics decades ago and, and it's like <laughs> ah now you've got it and it, it seems to always work it like we, we've just said it's happened like two or three times on the disney plus shows where they've gone like and look, that's the costume that's more like the one that you would recognize in the comics. Even like the Falcon one, right? Has some uh, had a bit of comics precedent of this yeah, is what yeah. Sam this is what Sam Wilson in the Captain America suit would look like. Yeah, uh, it's it, yeah, it's it's wild how how often they return to that and I and how I often blame, it works. I blame the X Men movies for this because they went oh not costumes, practical jumpsuits. And ever since then, it's been like, well, we can't do a real superhero costume, but how about Captain America is wearing fatigues that look like a superhero uniform? Oh, I love the first Captain America costume, though. That's great. The first one is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah where they're going. And the, and the Avengers one is terrible. And yeah. they after that, they sort it out. And, and because, worry... because they've got the two versions in that movie as well. They've got the practical army duds and also the USO version. Oh, but what like a great if, movie. God, don't, like, <laughs> God, should we talk about that one for a bit? That's a good episode. Like if, you're, if you're doing a Spider-Man costume that is just a jumpsuit with a design on it, there's no reason not to go straight to the iconic one. But like the reason the reason it works in this moment here is because he's like, weirdly, they ended this trilogy by giving him a sort of origin moment of like, mm-hmm. oh, his Aunt May died and, you know, he's out on his own. He's learned every lesson he needs to learn as Spider-Man and now he can do it properly. 
here he is in his actual costume, not some magic nano nanobot costume that Tony Stark made him. I guess I wonder that's, whether that's why it works. I wonder whether they're just getting all these characters in their established costumes in these moments. Like they'll they'll do them all, all the Avengers, all of the all the guys, and then just to then do all this again with like all the Fantastic Four characters and all the X Men. <laughs> Introduce <laughs> them as like with some version of the costume. We'll see six Wolverine years. films before he puts his Wolverine <laughs> costume on. Yeah. <laughs> he puts the yellow one. He finally through. finds his jacket from X Men. Fin- finally gets his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk I about, mean I, the movie. I was yeah, I was going to say. I wonder if you want to talk about that. Um, I don't think it ties into what we're talking about. The, the Aunt May moment and the, the great well, let's, power. Let's, the... Let's, let, let, oh. let's go through the oh. movie now because we have been promising oh, to do this for like teased. an hour. Yeah, yeah, let's, go, let's go through it semi-chronologically. To kind of, um, <laughs> we, we'll have talked about some, some of this stuff already. Um, I guess the, the one thing that was in, uh, surprising to me straight away was that this movie was picking off like straight off the back of the last one. Um, not, not that the MCU chronology matters much anymore. Um, but, you know, is this before the Eternals aborted uh, Celestial? We don't know. <laughs> Do we care? No. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> I thought it was interesting. It picks, it picks up straight away. We've got the Mysterio. Yeah, but then there is, a, there is like a four-month gap in the middle of the film, right? Because it, it starts in summer and it ends at Christmas. Is that? Yeah, yeah. There's like a sequence mm. where he's you know, under fire from the press and then they're going back to school and then it's, oh, that, you know, that they're applying takes, to college. That takes four yeah. months. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, it's Christmas. So like ah. this, this film takes place over the course of about six months. I did not, I did not read that at all. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, as you say, okay. James, there's a, I mean, it's, it's at the beginning. I think it's like pre, it's pre all of yeah, the, yeah. um, then them not getting into college and it's post, yeah, the sort of status yeah. quo of everyone knows him. He's in the new apartment. Yeah. I guess then that then four months passes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think okay. that was only that first question? Do you, think that, do you think that was only because it it came out at winter time? Like, I wonder. I just sort of wonder about that. I'm not sure. Why is it set winter? You know, it doesn't need to be. Is it the same? Is it the same Christmas in New York as the Hawkeye stuff is happening? Is it? A I mean, well, you see, there is that line in Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah, there yeah. is the Rogers musical. And thing, there's yeah. the line in Hawkeye where uh, Kate says something like, a, oh no, Yelena says, I want to go and see the new Statue of Liberty. Oh, is there? Yeah. 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 Oh, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll yeah, get to it. We'll get to it. Like, this, is, this is the most <laughs> fantasy moment of this entire film. The, I- <laughs> the idea that ever, <laughs> that, that ever a nation could align yes. enough to actually make that happen is absurd. Yeah. Espe- especially given that this was presumably also in a world where um, that shield is currently held by the hugely controversial <laughs> yeah. Sam Wilson. Yeah. Wild. Anyway. I like that you signaling like Captain that- America. I know they did the old Steve Rogers, like old old Chris Evans, is just watches that as the news unfolds and just just thinking like, you fucking dorks, <laughs> you guys are such right. fucking dorks to do this. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we we pick up we pick up at the start of the movie right after Spider Man swinging with Zendaya. I thought this was one of the, the the better funnier sequences of the movie with with 
Zendaya uh, with Mary Jane just not MJ, sorry, not not really enjoying the swinging at all. And when he did deposit her on the crane and then just walk off, I was like, hang on, <laughs> hang on a minute, she's she doesn't have spidey powers. This is you can't just pop her there and then the film address <laughs> her. Which um, they're all called in and interrogated by damage control. I'm not sure why damage control would be. Uh, interrogating them other than that they were in the first movie as well. Yeah. It should... That uh, that must be a John Watts like, hey Feige, can I just can I just have this one little slice of something, please? Yeah. Just for just for me. <laughs> and just for and my own when, purposes. And when we were watching the trailer, we were, you know, we were zeroing in on that on that scene going, he's been interrogated. Who's that person's arm next to him whose face we can't see? Is that Matt Murdock? And then the film goes, no, it's not. <laughs> next scene Here's your boy yeah. right there. Yeah. Ah, uh, I was very happy. I remained unspoiled on this as well, which I, again, <laughs> I don't know how I had done that whilst watching Hawkeye. Uh, you have no idea how desperate I was to tell you, Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. And you're like, do you, do you think we see Daredevil again? I yeah. was like, oh. <laughs> I liked the, um, here's my controversial take. I liked that they, they sort of are, are embracing Charlie Cox's, um, disappearing hairline and they're like you know what <laughs> superheroes can be going bald we don't care anymore i didn't, I didn't notice that but that is lovely <laughs> i've noticed that since the third season of dead of i'm like oh charlie dude, you, you do not have the hairline of a superhero man uh-oh you gotta maybe get go to whoever ed norton went to pre the incredible heart <laughs> that guy <laughs> uh, T- talking of the meta narrative and being happy to see an actor getting that shot again I was, I, yeah, I was just, I, I was just thrilled for him. He's, it, it, he's yeah. always struck me as a thoroughly lovely guy, and um, I thought his performance as Daredevil was really good. And I liked that he kind of turned up in this, and you know, is is just, you know, just exactly that character again. Just like felt like he just slipped back into it. If there is any justice, he'll get his own movie or his own Netflix series or uh, own Disney Netflix Plus series, series or something. Well, I got an issue. <laughs> three of those guys. <laughs> if there's any justice, they'll use him more. Uh, like I was so surprised. I'd love a movie. That it, I'd love a happened. movie. Absolutely, I was so surprised that it happened because, like, I think I'm on record somewhere as going like, they'll never do it because you'll have kids go in and be watching like. Can we watch Netflix Daredevil? What's he doing to that man's eye? But, <laughs> and next, I'll be watching hardcore pornography. It's yeah. slippery slope. But, you know, props to everyone who said it might happen. It happened. And I'm, well, I, I could not be happier. Was, I also thought it was, in, I mean, we sort of just to tie back a tiny bit to another piece, but I'll, but I'll tie them together. The fact that, again, we were all sort of speculating and thinking about how the J. Jonah Jameson would, and would, and if Daredevil's in it, how that would all tie into the multiverse stuff. It must do. And then actually, no, it doesn't. It's, you know, JJ, the the sort of JK Simmons stuff, they, they, they absolutely, they have no interest in ever, you know, in addressing in any way. It's just this character exists in this universe. He's played by this actor. It's a slightly different take on the character. I don't think we're supposed to, I don't think we're supposed to think this is, you know, the Sam Raimi, J. Jonah sucked through a portal. It's just, it's just, just deal with (laughs) deal with this actor playing the character and 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 that that's great and then the charlie cox stuff yeah he's just he's just in it and you know they're not good they're not interested in answering questions about what does that mean about the canon blah 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 no he's just in it we'll we'll figure out and i like that i i I, I kind of hope after seeing this and yeah what what they did with jay janet jameson who you know uh, 
other than he's had his memory wiped, I don't think there's a way that you can argue that that's the same character. I think he is, you know, this universe is Jameson. Yeah. Do we, do we agree on that? 100%. Yes, he's a Nexus being. So, <laughs> so, I, so I, I kind of, I, I really hope that that's, what, that's now what they're doing with Daredevil and Kingpin as well. And that, that we are just, we're just, we're, we remove all of the baggage. We remove any kind of, you know, oh, we can do, we can, we can do uh, Bullseye again uh, with with no worries. That, uh, and I know that technically you can say, well, J. Jonah Jameson was in a different universe the first time around. Those two were kind of supposed to be in this one, if you believed the canon that we were being sold at the time. I just think, I, I just think remove it all, give us a completely fresh take on those characters, but with those actors essentially, you know, giving the same performance. That's so. Can I ask? Can I ask? Do you think if we see Kingpin with the next? Well, let's presume when Kingpin and Daredevil interact in the future, will that be for the first time, or will they have interacted in the past? I in uh, well, the MCU. I, oh, in I the think M- they'll keep it ambiguous. I think I think they may reference having previously met, but they're not going to be like in the previous three seasons of story we told together. I think it would just be like Fisk is the villain, Daredevil's the hero, and that's all the backstory you need. I think it would be. And kind do you of think? Sense. I, I think it would be kind of sensible for them at one point to, uh, you, you know, <laughs> to make, decouple. No, to to to, to make uh, to make explicit that that stuff happened in a different multiverse. Ooh, yeah, interesting. I think it would be sensible. I think I think the easier the easier route will just be to pretend Same, no yeah. one has ever seen these before and see how it goes. Which is yeah, gen- generally what they do, which is to try and avoid. Just because the TV audiences are so tiny compared to movie audiences, right? Counter so. to that, the only counter to that, not well, let's not include Kingpin, Kingpin, but Charlie Cox in this in No Way Home. He's like he's styled like he's dressed exactly the same as the show, exactly the same. So yeah, you know if they if they wanted to code ever so slightly that this was a, a you know this was a separate world to the to the Netflix stuff, I don't think they would have done no, that. But I, I think they would have no, but I don't, a bit I don't, and they didn't. I don't think that's what they're doing now. I'm saying that's what I hope they do rather than mm. rather than try and. I think you know the the three options mm. they have are say these are brand new versions of these characters. Or to say, we're going to keep it ambiguous and never talk about it. Or to say, these are the versions of the characters you've seen before. I think the most likely is ambiguous. I think the worst decision would be to explicitly say, these are the (laughs) ones you've seen before. And I think the best would be to give them a clean slate. We should probably move on from Daredevil. Yeah. Do we see see, uh, um, Jessica Jones, Kristen Ritter? No. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, yes, I actually, I, I actually think that yeah, there is a there's a chance that we see Jessica Jones and Luke Cage again. Um, <laughs> Poor Iron Fist. I, yeah, I think I think that is a. Uh, I think Iron Fist is. I think a, Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick is currently Iron Fist in the in the Netflix MCU. So yeah, that would that would be great. That would be great. Yeah, I'd, I'd be absolutely fine with that. Um, on Jameson. Um, mm-hmm. I loved how direct they were with he is basically <laughs> he's basically Alex Jones, right? Yeah, that was it was to the to the let's take a pause to advertise some health supplements. <laughs> I was like, I yeah, that, he, is, shot, he is he Infowars. Yeah, I love that one shot where where you see the, the the cut away from the angle of 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 on him at the booth, and you see all the you know yellow posters on the wall. That was great, and that was almost in that one single shot at the beginning. Gave you what gave you all you need to know, plus the yeah, plus the vitamin supplements bit. It's great. 
I think that's the. I think that's the more like, you know. I completely understand the, the history of Jameson and, and you know why he is what he is. But I think now in twenty twenty one, that's the more I think. It, I, I don't know if ethical is the right word, but it's a more responsible depiction of Jameson is to have him as an internet kook rather than an entrenched like editor of a mainstream media source. Like I, you know. One feeds into this idea that the, the, you know, the lamestream media are fake news telling you to get vaxxed. And the other one is, here's this fucking nut bar, nut bar on the internet who, um, you know, doesn't care about what he's saying. He just has an agenda that he wants to push. In that <laughs> yeah, although... And that, and that is, we don't like Spider-Man. Does that distinguish him from lots of mainstream news outlets in the US? Because I'm not sure it does. Well... Yeah, mm, certainly doesn't distinguish him from GB News over here. No, but it, it probably distinguishes it as it, him more from you know the Bugle. The way it's set up is like <laughs> the New York Times in yeah. in previous depictions. Yeah, uh, I mean this this version of the character is a bit more like the version from the computer games, actually, from the Spider Man PS4 games. Yeah, with his in in which really he podcast, is the sort of yeah. Alex Jones podcaster. Yeah, yeah. I do think well, it's think- in, it's interesting mm. over the course of this film how he goes from being a kook in a basement to having a full team around him with a green screen studio and stuff. Yeah, they definitely, uh, and another point is I think they are delicate with the fact that I like, I wouldn't be surprised if the next movie or, or, or if the, if the relationship between Peter and Jonah is, is a thread in the next, let's say the next trilogy and it's more, and there's a more interesting and softened dynamic between the two because, because Jameson is, is a little more softened. I think they, they were delicate enough to, you know, to allow that for the future, because you know you've got you've got J.K. Simmons, who's a who's a wonderful actor, and and there's and there's loads of great Jameson stories in the comics that you could you could sort of transition to going. Yeah, forward. I, I know. I wouldn't be surprised if Peter is working for him in the in you know whatever we see him. In. I would mm-hmm. feel I would feel uncomfortable with that as soon as you introduce a character as a parallel to Alex Jones. I would be uncomfortable <laughs> with, with giving that character any kind of softening or redemption, personally. I think that that I, setup is hard to do as well because it explicitly involves Peter actively lying in a way that is borderline unethical. I think, I think that setup is something that they classic though it is, they would probably avoid doing because it's not a very sympathetic one to unless, defraud um, your employers. I guess, I guess hmm. maybe maybe more sympathetic is defrauding Infowars rather than. Yeah. Rather. Purposefully undermining Infowars, sure. That yeah. that's a different angle that they could work with. Anyway, uh, so we've we've alienated any of our Infowars fans. Uh, <laughs> apologies, apologies for that, guys. Um, <laughs> but um, so uh, things suck for Peter. He moves into Happy's uh, apartment at, uh, with Aunt May and. Um, <laughs> this did make me laugh. The um, the movie starts like, like the breaking point point for Peter is um, the the you know the universal relatable dilemma of me and my friends had assumed we'd get into this really prestigious school and we haven't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like it'd be like starting off the Joe Cunningham story with like. Didn't to, get into Oxford again. Gonna, gonna need to go see a wizard. I didn't get into fucking Oxford, and I, you know, I, I, 
me and my, you know, not just me, me and my two friends. And, well, do you know what? I'm going to break into the Dean of Oxford's car on a motorway to try and convince them that this is actually a good idea. (laughs) Just hold hold on a minute. He's, uh, they, they, I think they make it clear that he's, he's annoyed, he's, uh, He's trying to do right by his friends. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. What he, I think his it, actions I, have screwed their lives up. Yeah, and he's, I, he doesn't I just really, think he says I, a few times like, "Don't care about me." You know, these guys should be getting into. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I am merely poking fun at the idea of this. <laughs> this this devastating <laughs> moment is they didn't all, all three of them had kind of assumed and then didn't, didn't get into MIT. Yeah. Didn't get into MIT. <laughs> I I thought they were going to end the film with. It's okay. We'll all go to Empire State University instead. But no, that <laughs> <laughs> that's not good enough. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Peter goes to the sanctum and he sees uh, Dot Strange, and you know we we talked about that whole exchange. It's a bit weird. Who are the two randos who are sweeping up in there? Just some. Is it Velma magic- James? Yeah. Do you think just some just some disciples? No, but do you think it's, it the, it's the disciple from the um um from the Mark Wade run? Is that the run, the, you know, her name was Velma. Remember, she gets confused. Yeah, I read yeah. that. I, mean, I read. Uh, it's not. It's yeah. um. No, it's it? a, uh, Jason Aaron, right? Yeah, Jason Aaron. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think it is. But okay. So yeah, um, it, it it's snowing in there, but that's only because a portal got left open, and that's <laughs> that's yeah, it leads to the the fun exchange about uh, Wong is actually the Sorcerer Supreme now. I thought didn't didn't we find? I thought that in, at some point someone had finally called in the Sorcerer Supreme. Was that maybe it was in What If? I don't know. Maybe it was in What If. I, I think we, it was in What If, and also like if it was, it would have been pre him disappearing for five years, right? Yeah, I mean they might call him that in in Infinity War. Yeah, right? or anything. he is at that point. Maybe. Yeah. Well, no, he well he isn't at that point though because <laughs> he gets blipped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme now, and now he goes off recruiting Shang-Chi's and things like that. Uh, so he's he's too busy to be closing portals. Uh, he looks like he's just really shoveling snow around. He looks like he's busy <laughs> recruiting Shang-Chi. He's just like no, that's where he's going to. That's, that's where he's <laughs> okay, off. Fine. So he goes off to recruit Shang-Chi, and Dot Strange's like, "All right, I'll I'll, I'll do a spell for you." Um, I could do the spell that will help everyone in the world forget that you're Peter Parker. Um, yeah, it, 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 insane and irresponsible. And yeah, the, the two options are strange as a dick, an irresponsible dick, which James, you were saying is kind of, this is the kind of thing that Doctor Strange would do in the comics. Yeah. Um, well, there's a glint in his eye. There's almost, the, there's, there's, there's like, oh, I've, I'm so smart. I've sort of figured out yeah. I can do a, a, I can make a yeah. big solution to this problem. That's that, and it's such a, you know, it's it, he's thinking too big at that point. He hasn't actually thought about the details. The, the decision, you know, again, we've talked this before, but the kind of idea is this Doctor Strange idea, and you know, that the, that he would do that for a character like Spider Man, given that dynamic. I just mm. think the kind of it's the performance. Is the is the disconnect, or that's the letdown? It's like it just doesn't connect to me in any of that. You know, I wonder if there's even like a line of dialogue missing because I I can almost reconcile the idea of here is this guy who was kind of brought low in the first movie and and kind of trained up and and you felt like he was becoming a more decent version of himself, and then he's like, look, I fucking outfought Dormammu. I found the one solution to defeating Thanos. And I know I wasn't around, but I, you know, it was my nug that got the guys there. 
Um, yeah, I can do whatever the fuck I want, and I can buy. I can buy that. I just don't feel like that's an arc that I've seen the character on because I just feel like, as I say in the Avengers movies, he was kind of like purely like Zen noble. Isn't the more cynical view that? Task at hand. Isn't the more cynical view that actually that version of the character is not one that is that Marvel kind of think that they can build stories around and movies around that actually they need him to be a little bit more deflated and a bit cheekier. And then presuming he's not killed off in the, in, you know, in his film, <laughs> that's, they just need him that that's where they need him to, to tell stories with him because actually a, a more zen, I, 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 mature, social supreme, that's not that. a move. I'd, lo- I'd love it if they did, if they made that choice. I'd like finally, him to be the villain, and then, finally, he, and then he brings back understand. Bronco Henry. That's what I would like. We un- <laughs> I have not seen it. I've not, I've not seen it yet. <laughs> um, uh, but, I, you know, I've seen the memes. Um, one for the champion stands out there. Champion stands, I hear you. I've seen the memes. Um, yeah. I, I just, I think I'd, I think I'd like to see him be... Just a, a just complete villain. I think I'd I'd love to see that turn go with him, and that we finally embrace the true hero of the first Doctor Strange movie, which is Chewie's Baron Mordo. Uh, oh, I thought you say Rachel McAdams is Doctor Susan Michael <laughs> Michael Stolbarg's <laughs> character name redacted. <laughs> I I think Doctor John Smith. <laughs> I think the next Doctor Strange movie will give us clarity on this stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah but um, it's going to be boring clarity. <laughs> it's not going to be interesting. Um, also, um, Reese, I think uh, it's impossible that that character is Velma or whatever her name is, because I think that's kind of the role that America Chavez is going to be serving in Multiverse mm. Madness. But it's a guess. Um, okay. okay, so they do the spell. It goes wrong, and oh, God, worse in the film. Yeah, and Doc Strange gets mad, and he's like, right. Piss off, go <laughs> And it's like, it's like to... I just, I'm gonna, be, I want to go back to spell for a second. He, sh- the, at the point when Peter goes, oh, can my aunt remember me and my girlfriend? At that point, Strange, just stop the spell. Stop the spell, right? Reset. No, he can't the, stop the spell. The That's the point. Why can't he stop the spell? Why? Because he stops narrati- it eventually. He does stop for it. narrative reasons. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, and on the flip side, on the Spider-Man end, right when Spider-Man's like, "Oh, well, I'd love it for Happy to remember me." Like, who, Ooh, cares, yeah. who cares what Happy? <laughs> <laughs> You've got the people you need: Genki, May, and Zendaya. Okay, that's who we need. That's the list. And now Strange can do the rest of the spell. Happy, no. I'm so com- I'm so confused by how the logistics of all the forgetting works as well. By the way, like, it's, it'll be the same as in the regular Marvel universe, which is that. People will remember that they did things with Spider-Man. They just won't remember who Spider-Man is. Yeah, it's wacky. Yeah, I was uh, when when I was sat there with you know in that final in the scene at the gravestone. I was like, "What are Happy's memories?" Because like, how does he think he met May in the first place? Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, he'll, he'll think he met May through, for, through uh, her being the aunt of some kid who was on the no, Stark he, program or whatever. But who was Spider-Man? No, he won't remember that kid was Spider-Man. But they don't they both say that they knew her through Spider-Man. Yeah, maybe. It's it, it's it's sweaty. It's real sweaty. It's, it's magic. It's magic. <laughs> here's another here's, here's another tri- here's another trippy question, right? At the end, there are people coming through the multiverse because they know that Spider-Man's Peter Parker. And the spell works. Does that also mean that like um that like uh, Kirsten Dunst forgets that Tobey Maguire is Spider-Man. <laughs> like, does, has he erased that knowledge from the whole of the multiverse? These are questions I need answering. Those Joe? are questions. Yeah, that's I I I I, I think yes, he has erased all those people. He's what ruined that? every Spider-Man's life. <laughs> Jesus, Stephen Strange is getting worse by the minute. This guy's real. Okay, Dickery. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Start moving through this plot a bit faster. Um, uh, Pisa harasses the MIT administrator to try and get MJ and Ned's applications re-read. But that's when Dr. Ock um, arrives. Uh, Thankfully, not all of this movie, like all of the trailer, is set on this freeway. Um, (laughs) We get a fight between Doc Ock and Peter. Um, And... um, I, I yeah I just I think Alfred Molina's great in this I love that because I you know I I I think it's kind of the perfect approach for a character actor in this kind of movie which is stroll into it and know that it is silly nonsense know that it's silly nonsense that you're lowering yourself to <laughs> genuinely mm-hmm. uh, I think that no, no, no. but but give it everything. I go, this this silly movie needs a performance that I'm fully committed to, but it also needs me to know that it's a little bit silly because that's where that's where the fun of the performance comes from. Um you know, that's that's something that I don't think we're gonna get from Jared Leto as Michael Morbius. <laughs> you know, Ew. I think it, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, I it, it's you know, it's similar to what Tom Hardy's doing, you know. I think Tom Tom Hardy mm. knows exactly the kind of movie he's in. Um, but that's not stop. You know, but <laughs> even if no one else does, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's me and Joe do. Me and Joe do. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah and and I think um, I think Willem Dafoe uh, is 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 doing that as well. Um, <laughs> the others, I mean, as we talked about, Thomas Hayden Church, and I actually think yeah, Thomas Hayden Church is you know, solid. Um, and I like, I like the idea of bringing back a villain. Who's not really a villain. Who's already, who's already kind of redeemed. Um, I thought they could have done more with that there of here is a character who's just like, yeah, I'm not going to die. Just send me back, please. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I just want to. I'm I'm the one here who doesn't who doesn't die. This is I and but also I'm a good guy. Um, so I don't want these guys to have, die. But also, can I just go home? <laughs> they'd have done more with that if Hayden Church was a bigger star. Both you know now. Yes. I guess. I think. Yeah. Probably. Like he's not. You 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 sell you're selling the villains on 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 Fox, Defoe and Melina. Mm. The other two are are also there. Yeah. Know? Um, am I right in saying I think they have redesigned the lizard, but not enough. But not enough because fuck me. <laughs> it looks uh, like I don't understand. Looks like something that Super Mario Brothers shat out. <laughs> Given. <laughs> Given that they just went okay, Jamie Fox looks like Jamie Fox now. I don't understand why they didn't go and the lizard looks like the comics lizard. Maybe they were worried it just wouldn't be believable as the same character if they did that. But they could have said, yeah. "Oh, the lizard has mutated further." They get they get they get around it by. <laughs> if you remember when they go into the apartment and then mate and then somebody says, "Oh, Connors wants to stay in the van." They get around it by just putting him in the van and never showing you him in the van for like half an yeah. hour. <laughs> like, they get around it by trying to keep him out of the movie as much as possible. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, by having him in darkness when it's when uh, there are scenes of him talking, yeah, because yeah. yeah, even in even in the in the Garfield corner of this movie, like I I, I don't think Andrew Garfield and Risa fans remember working together. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, we we should we should talk about Jamie Foxx and Electro. So he's no longer blue. He's no longer listening into EDM. Um, he's just. Jamie Fox now, and I yeah. and, I, and I can and I can, really, I can really. kind of see the pitch of um, yes. you know I can kind of see them ringing up Jamie Fox and saying, "Will you yeah. do this again?" And he's going, "Yeah, no yeah, makeup, four feeling, ten million dollars." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do the bare minimum. Um, I get a high credit. <laughs> fourth bill, yeah. man. I will be. He's like, he's like I, bill I will be Jamie. Man. I will be Jamie Fox in this movie, and. Again, that some of the lines around this character here are sort of like, "Oh yeah, I'm I'd like, I'm kind of I look at me in this universe. I'm cool. Why? Why? Why is that? Because he, he looks like Jamie Foxx. Why? But not not only that does he look cool, that he's had a complete character transplant where he's just <laughs> he's just cool, sexy Jamie Foxx now, rather than <laughs> Dwayne Dibley. Yeah, I mean that's the best approach they could have taken to character. Because he's so he's awful in amazing, <laughs> in amazing Spider-Man Two. Reese, this would not have happened with our previous co-host. Do you, ge- Reese, do you genuinely not know who Dwayne Dibley is? Who's Dwayne Dibley? Yeah. You- oh my god! Okay, <laughs> Red- let me play Max Dillon. In, uh... Go and watch Red Dwarf, yeah. and then come back. Oh, Red Dwarf. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Oh yes, I'm currently watching Cheers and uh, Peaky Blinders. Well. It's going to be a while. Red if Dwarf. You- <laughs> Third slot. Third <laughs> slot Red Dwarf. I have to watch uh, 180 episodes of Cheers first and then straight into Red Dwarf. Okay. I'm straight into Good. Red Dwarf. Good. <laughs> I can hear Seb in my head. I was going to say, we can... Absolutely furious. <laughs> don't, don't let him on this podcast anymore <laughs> until he knows who Dwayne Dibley is. Um, yeah, you should watch Amazing Spider-Man 2 and the Dwayne Dibley episode of Red Dwarf Back to Back. The, fir- yeah. the first one, particularly. Um, Should anyway. I watch Amazing Spider-Man uh, <laughs> I'm good. Hard pass. No, actually, don't do that. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Spider-Man and Octavius have the fight on the bridge, which Spider-Man wins because of his nanotechnology. 
bad series. I always again. feel a bit weird or about just, that. Yeah, it's too easy, isn't it? It's just, too. It's too easy. Yeah, it, it, it. Yeah, that's what it is. But I think some things in this movie have to be easy because because <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to get because through. there's so much to do. Yeah, so uh, the nanotech does that, and then. Uh, See what you think, guys. Later in the movie, when Otto gives the nanotechnology back to Peter and it grafts onto his suit and creates that little gold bit. Oh, I hated that little gold bit. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> I thought that was well, that's the bit from the suit from before, right? That, those are the those are the arms from the from the. It looked like it, from the suit from before. It looked like it, right? the, the gold bits looked like they'd been kind of like they would. They were like an iron-on transfer. I thought. <laughs> Again, but John, I'm, that, I'm just trying to try and connect with James off. here and try have a hot take on a suit. <laughs> 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 anyway, so all my, of, my take on that suit was they did it because they wanted another action figure to sell. Fine. Um, the so the, the multiverse has kind of had cracks in it and has brought everyone uh, has brought some people who know Peter Parker is Spider Man to this universe. So I actually think, yeah, that's that's a fairly that's a fairly neat way of doing it. Of going, some people who know Peter Parker, Peter Parker, Spider Man have uh, have snuck through the cracks. I would, uh, except Electro, Electro didn't know that Peter Parker was Spider Man. Oh, did he not? He, right, he didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the that's of the five. That's the that's you know because that's why when he takes his mask off. And then he makes the comment about, I always thought you were black. He didn't know he was, he hadn't seen him before. Yeah. Is, is my, I, I, I believe. I and believe. also Venom. Yes. Yeah, so that's, and that's what I was going to, yeah. that's what I was going to ask. The, the Venom bit, I was like, hmm. Unless there's something yeah. that that franchise isn't telling us. Um, yeah. How would he know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? <laughs> is it maybe that Venom told him? I, I don't know. Like the Venom symbiote knew someone. I don't fucking know. I mean, that's crazy. yeah. Maybe Ven- yeah. Maybe the symbiote. Maybe knew, the symbiote, and then the symbiote knew. Got taken Yeah. I don't fucking know. I mean, it's a really that's a that would win a no prize yeah, back in nineteen eighty five. That would definitely win a no prize. Uh, Stan, I believe that the only reason that Venom appears at the end of the post credits is because the symbiote knew from the multiverse that they were the same character. Ah, oh, well done, kid Excelsior. You win a no prize. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Peter gets given this like. Doctor Strange zapping device uh, that lets him zap them into like yeah, there's the toy yeah into little <laughs> little toy. little cages in his in his dungeon um, and I oh, I made it I made it sound sexier than do you think he uses that like fabric <laughs> <laughs> grim <laughs> um, and uh, and and then the last one to get is that it's a, like. Spider-Man very quickly catches four of them. The one that takes a lot, well, that takes longer, but he doesn't need to capture is Norman Osborn, who very quickly returns to real, to, to, comes to our world, but sheds his green goblin-ness for a second, uh, smashes the helmet, um, in a massive fuck you to that character design, which a lot of the, <laughs> which people always hated, but I never had a problem with. Um, but I did like that that shot echoed the walking away from the mask in Spider Man Two. So I was yeah. I was I was fine with that. Uh, he, I'm Green Goblin, no more. <laughs> he goes he goes and sees Aunt May, and, and Aunt May's like, "Look, this is just a poor, like, helpless man. You need to." Like you need to reach out with it, Tim. Little does she know. Little does she know the architect of Ronan undoing. <laughs> That's the guy from the lighthouse. He's crazy. <laughs> Don't let him in. <laughs> He's insane. 
um, so, so um, Peter takes him back, and and this is the thing that makes him kind of make the argument for we need to save them. Um, and is this when they have the big fight in the mirror universe? Yeah, because yeah, bring, uh, bringing, bringing the goblin back, then then at that point, it's only at that point that he realizes that they've all they've actually all died just before they've died at the hands of Spider-Man in their own universe just before they've been brought here. And then, and so they can't be sent back. Or in the vicinity. And then Strange comes out. Sure. Apart from Electro, who was flat out murdered by (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah. It was exploded (laughs) by Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Does Um, Sandman die in Spider-Man 3? No, no, he just sort of, he drifts away in the wind. Does he? I thought, I thought that Sandman at the end has the moment where he gets to return to his daughter, doesn't he? Mm, does he actually return? My memory is that he's like, I'm off now. And then he just sort of flies away in the wind and we never see him again. Sad Hulk walking away. Yeah. Yeah. So the irony is that the Sandman, like I have to heal him to return to his universe or or, sorry, the premise of I have to heal them so that they're good again. They're not evil and return to universe. So they're not killed. It doesn't apply. And the only reason that that's happened to them is because they know I'm Peter Parker. It doesn't apply to Sandman. It doesn't apply to Electro because he doesn't know. Um, nobody cares if it's like sweaty. lizard, and you know. So I guess it's just it's just the other. It's just two, right? <laughs> I do like the lizard bit where Andrew Garfield's just like, oh, "I've killed him before. It's fine. I know how to do that. Don't worry about it." Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, th- and it, this is the this is the part where they go into the mirror event. So Doctor Strange brings out his magic box, and he's like, "Right, I'm going to send them back to the universes because I've got my magic box." And then Peter says no, and he steals the he steals the box, and Doctor Strange takes him into the mirror dimension. Uh, they have a fight in the mirror dimension, and Peter manages to trap him there because he knows science. Which <laughs> I, um, I I'll be honest, I liked this. I, I especially I, yeah, I thought that was a really good moment in the yeah. in the MCU's kind of like science is magic, oh, magic is science. You know, they, they've always had that kind of interplay between the two of them going back to Thor, I kind of liked him going, ah, geometry. Yeah, okay, I can figure this out. Um, yeah, and I, and I thought it was it was the moment in the movie where Doctor Strange's arrogance was his downfall, uh, which, was, which was nice. The mirror dimension still makes no sense at all. Uh, what is it? <laughs> but, you know, fine, the movie, you don't, we don't, it doesn't matter really, but... I don't understand what it is. <laughs> it's in the it's, it's in the name. No, but what is it? It's the mirror, are there, it's the are all the people dimension. in the other place? I don't. Uh, are they living mirror lives? Like that you do opposite things opposite way? Is it like is it like every day's opposite Friday? I don't understand. The mirror dimension is a dimension which causes the, sur- the surroundings to be reflected in different directions, similar to the function of a mirror, without affecting the real world. Due to its nature, it is used by sorcerers for training and controlling threats. It's incredible because you can just reel it off. That's just from memory. That's yeah. that's really impressive. You, I'm impressed. How by do that. you feel about that? Okay. Do you feel do you feel better? I feel almost. Ash- I feel embarrassed that I've ever asked. Yeah. I feel ashamed and I feel sad. I feel sweaty. I'm glad. Um, so uh, Peter manages to trap Strange in the mirror dimension, but takes out the sling ring with him, which he just casually hands to Ganky. Is like you can play with this if you want. Um, he <laughs> he takes the villains to Happy's apartment, where he tries to cure them, and he does manage to cure 
Dr. Octavius and almost cures Electro, but Electro's always feeling a bit conflicted about it. Again, I kind of feel like of the villains to go, I actually want to really embrace my villainy. I'm not sure that Electro's the one that I would have gone with. Um, yeah, especially because Electro yeah, was such a, a big tra- Spider-Man fanboy in his yeah. original incarnation. Yeah, tragic, tragic bullied figure. Yeah, I just always feel bad for that character. I was kind of just like him. To, I, I would have liked him to maybe have been like maybe the moral center of the villains. Uh, but but it's it's process of elimination. Yeah, Melina yeah. is the redeemed one. Goblin is the secret real villain, and so you just and then and then and then <laughs> the other two don't matter. Thomas saying Church, you have for half a day, so you, they can't do anything. So therefore, oh okay, we're yeah. with Electro. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, the 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 big the the the, the big showdown here is um, uh, well, Peter's quickly, spidey sense. This is goes, oh oh. This is very sweaty. I think this this is the other very sweaty sequence of the movie. The idea that like oh you know Tom Holland at eighteen right plus the start fabricate it you can cure five of of these this whole franchise's greatest villains. You know that is very sweaty. And you do have to. There is a level of buy in there, you know, and, and and I know that he doesn't do it all now, but they, they they end up basically doing that, and you do have to. The start of fabricator is you do have to the, jump. The start fabricator is um, a wizard did it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it, just randomly being in Happy's apartment is a is a thing. Yeah, um, yeah I, why I, would he have that? I guess the I guess the the again the charitable viewing of that is well what he creates to fix the green goblin doesn't work um mm. but he does yeah he does fix uh doc ock and um and it's yeah it's and, also, it's a little and, bit his, of a... and his electro device does work i'm reading into it now a, a bit too much but it's a little bit like sort of techno futurist dystopia because it's like hey remember that remember toby Maguire and andrew garfield and their his bad guys well, he couldn't. He could do anything about those guys. You know what we have though? Technology, and that's great, and that solves all the problems. We'll just use a big computer machine box. Yeah, uh, it's a bit. It's sort of. I know it's Spider Man. He invented <laughs> um... shit, but it's also. It's like it's a bit weird. Reese, I was uh, as I know you do as well, listening to Black Blank Check and Griffin very briefly talked about this movie and referenced the fact that no one is accusing certain characters in this movie being a Mary Sue, uh, the way that, you know, has, was, has blown up around other franchises in the past. I do think that is kind you know, that, that is certainly with the, the ganky and the sling ring stuff is, it's definitely a thing. And I think you're right that, (laughs) that here as well with the, um, teenage Spider-Man is able to fix all of these villains that, that the other Spider-Men, uh, just had to let die is yeah, mm. is there as well, but again, I do think it 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 does it does tie into the you know maybe the the, the you know the slight arrogance of this Spider Man as well that leads to <coughs> that leads to the death of Anthony <laughs> that that maybe you can again be charitable and say he thinks he can do it but he can't and that's I have I have got to say <clears throat> I've been keeping quiet about this because none of this bothered me in the slightest when I was watching the movie. I was just like, he's Spider-Man, he can do inventing, that's fine. Yeah, this bit didn't bother me, the ganky stuff did, but this bit, in the yeah, moment, okay. didn't. I'm kind of, 
<clears throat> I've established my my credentials as to liking this film, so I'm kind of happy to sort of slightly <laughs> nitpick and, yeah. and ha- take frivolity with these. I think the the Genki like Genki sling ring <clears throat> stuff. I just sort of went. Now oh, it's it's fun, I guess. Mm. Now the Aunt May death. Um, mm. So, um, did anyone see this coming? I've got thoughts. <laughs> No, no, no! Yeah. I didn't either. Um, I, I mean, I read the Wikipedia blog summary <laughs> before that. No. <laughs> um, so in, in in the moment, um, I thought it was I thought it was surprising. I thought it was effective. Um, I I thought it really made sense that for this Spider Man, I guess I guess the thing that I uh, that I'd always assumed was something had happened with that with Uncle Ben in the past. Right, because we because he was Sp- yeah, we, because had. he was Spider Man yeah. when we already met him. I kind of just assumed he or- he'd already got the great power responsibility stuff and the the lessons that he'd learned along the way. But if you're going to be direct about it, and also you know those previous two Spider Men are so explicit, and you're bringing about that idea, you're bringing them back. I thought it was a great idea to do it as part of this movie. Uh, it it didn't feel like a fridging to me. It felt like just uh, you know an important moment in a Spider-Man story is losing someone who's really close to him. The thing that I thought was curious was, James, you alluded this to, to, to this earlier, she's kind of the architect of her own demise. So it's not like in the previous Spider-Man movies where the, the arrogance or kind of... Um, selfishness of Peter Parker or or mean-spiritedness of Peter Parker. So basically the, the, the version of Peter Parker who's beating down on Green Goblin at the end of the movie, that's what would normally lead to the death of an Uncle Ben, right? Is when, yeah. Is yeah. when he starts acting like that. I thought it was interesting that it was May's trust in people that led her to be killed. But also, even in that moment where she has been, you know, stabbed by the glider and is dying, she's still make. Even in that moment, she's still making the arguments, Peter, that he needs to. <laughs> you have to be nice to people. <laughs> have yeah. to save people. Yeah. With, with, with great, great power, power there must, must also come great, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, by the way, I well, I've got twenty thoughts. Go on. <clears throat> Let's go all the thoughts. Okay, so. One, I, I, I don't know. I, I presume James did know this. I never knew that that was the full quote. I did know uh, that that was and the full the, quote. I yeah. knew that that was the full quote, Reese. And that we, and, and actually, when when you think about the the full quote versus the the the, the smaller one, actually, the smaller one means nothing really. It, it's 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 too passive. It's not Spider Man mm-hmm. with great power comes great responsibility. Well, sure, but then you know maybe his the villains or baddies or heroes bad heroes don't don't uh, accept that responsibility. The longer version is the Spider-Man ethos because it's I, that active. Stuff. I love that in this moment, old comic book rube Joe Cunningham <laughs> was watching this going, oh, that's great. She said, she said the full yeah, quote. No, I, yeah. I, I, when I, when the, <laughs> to be honest with you, when the movie was, because I think, I think this quote wasn't in the Wikipedia plot summary, so this quote was a surprise to me. It is now. Um, I'm, when, lo- I'm looking at it. When the it quote, is now. <laughs> When the when the moment came, Reese I went thought, back in and oh, added just... after the movie. He was like, I didn't get spoiled. <laughs> yeah, no, furiously typing that the that they were doing a different spin on. They were like, oh, they've rewritten it, rewritten it a bit because we've seen it before. But actually, it's the original. Anyway, sorry, that's 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 one point. The other point I want to make is that 
I kind of, if you, again, if you kind of unpack the idea a bit, it's, I think it's not so much, it's, it's, she's speaking about herself as well. Like she's sort of, she has a, you know, having this, you know, a position of power running this, this charity, you know, you, you, you know, if you sort of, again, if you kind of drill down a bit, I imagine if you run a charity, you are faced with many people that, that might, you know, that might, you know, have issues or that might be a, a drain on you or have come to you under false pretenses, but actually you have the power in that, in that dynamic. And with that power, it's your responsibility to try and help those people kind of, no matter the consequence. Well, I kind of like was, that, um, me, it connected with was, what, what she was trying to do to help Green Goblin, what she was trying to teach Peter, Peter to, teach, to, to help with the other characters that the consequence of her death, that the bad consequences, that's not the point. The point is that we have power. You have great power and always you must be responsible for that power and try and help. Was, I like that. It fit, it fit with me. Was Feast established prior to this film with Aunt May? Because I yeah. I couldn't remember it, but I, I I I you know when I saw her working at Feast, I was like, oh, I, was... I I know that from other. I, mostly, I'm like, I remember that in the games. I I had to watch some boring cutscenes. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, like the idea comes from the comics. It was in the games, and I believe in the previous movie when she's at the fundraiser, that's for Feast, mm. right? Right. Okay. Yeah, like it was yeah. a minor part of the character, but it yeah. was it was in there. Yeah. yeah. But so and so so how do you feel about that inversion then of you know she doesn't die because of that that basically Peter has his moment that would normally lead to the death of a loved one I mean I think I a, think we still reaction to rather than we still point. ultimately get Peter's decisions factor into her death in a way like certainly you know, her decisions do as well. And that's what helps it not be a fridging because, you know, this is part of her story. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the important thing about the uncle Ben death is that Peter blames himself. And I think in this movie, he can still come out of it saying, if I'd just listened to the others, maybe, you know, we'd have sent green goblin home earlier and she wouldn't have died. So it's on me in some way. But you know he's he's also got the salve of, well, it's what she would have wanted. So it you know it's softened a bit, but I don't think it's softened in a way that ruins the moment. What interests me, and that I'll be looking forward to the cartoon they're doing. Did the Spider Man have an Uncle Ben at all? No, so we he, don't know. So he he did if like Easter eggs in the in this franchise because there was the suitcase in the last movie that had his yeah. initials on it. And I, you know, I, I felt like it had been implied that there wasn't, again, I think this is kind of like the clever thing that Feige does, which is to go, I'm not going to, I'm not going to confirm any, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to confirm anything until I need to, because we can just say, well, there wasn't, or, yeah. they can or, neither confirm nor deny or the maybe, existence of Uncle Ben. Maybe there was an Uncle Ben and uh, he died in a fire, you know, <laughs> there's a, yeah. <laughs> or maybe there were, maybe, yeah, brutal. Maybe there was an Uncle Ben, and you know he, he moved to Yemen. You know that's yeah. it, that's the, but it doesn't because at the end, you know when <laughs> I would I, I would have loved I would have loved in that scene if, um, you know if if Peter had been like you don't understand what I'm going through, and the others are like no we do like 
my uncle Ben died, and then the other Peter's like, my uncle Ben died, and this Peter's like, yeah, my fucking uncle Ben <laughs> yeah. died, and now my Aunt May's died. You don't know what I'm going through. <laughs> this shit has happened to me been... twice. I've already been through, already been through this character development. Why am I doing it again? <laughs> it also would have been funny if it was like, my uncle Ben died. Yeah, my uncle Ben died too. Yeah, my uncle Ben moved to Yemen. Like That would have also been quite funny. <laughs> Yeah, I, ben, would, uh... I remember when Parker moved to Yemen with Total Oil. I tell you now, if they'd known they were doing a third movie, a fourth movie, like Spider-Man turns up at the grave to mourn, and there's Uncle Ben standing there, that would have been a moment. <laughs> that would have been your cliff. Played by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else but Tom Hanks. John C. Riley. <laughs> <laughs> you could see it. You could see it. <laughs> Let's bring back uh, the, uh, you know, because we, we've got four now in the MCU. Actors can play multiple roles. Let's bring back the the great love story we saw in The Wrestler, Mickey Rock. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> He's played by Whiplash. <laughs> um, Mickey here's, Rock, it, Uncle Ben. Oh, God. I've, got a, I've got a prediction. Here's a hot prediction. In the next Spider-Man movie, we meet Uncle Ben. And actually, he's still alive in the MCU uh, and he's one of Peter Parker's supporting cast. Boom! If, if Mickey Rourke was Uncle Ben, you would want Spider-Man to kill him himself. <laughs> Just push him off a bridge and pretend you didn't see him. Um, Where's my blood? <laughs> ben, why are you... If Mickey, Rourke, if Mickey Rourke was Uncle Ben, the, the, answer, the answer to where he'd gone would be drinking. <laughs> and boxing. Yes. Um, oh, God. Okay, um, so uh, Ned then uses the sling ring and creates the portals, and it's dumb and hated it. This bit sweaty, but he creates the portals. Because this is the bit where he goes, "Show me Peter Parker," right? And then we get. I think the key, a key missing scene in this is between the two Spider Men. There's just a random guy whose name is that, right? Because because <laughs> if the whole thing is you, you're shown a Peter Parker that's on this planet. Right, like, that's why you get the other two guys. What well, you should get, like, just some fucking guy. I, again, maybe Jake, maybe Jake Johnson plays. Him, I right? didn't. I didn't mind this. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't <laughs> mind the. I, I didn't have a problem with the show me Peter Parker and it's the other Spider Man because in that moment you're just like, oh, here they are. Yeah, you are. Yeah, like, it's the worst of the three, and he's back. It's a good choice. A good choice to start with Andrew Garfield. It's the only be, only yeah, way you're going to be excited about seeing Andrew Garfield is if you see him first. <laughs> um, I I I think he's really like sweet and lovely in the scene. Which he is, is. He's so good. Like just mm. immediately affable and charismatic, and all well, the things he wasn't in the movies. And I think that the I think that what is what played really well for me in this sequence was. Here is a guy who's been zapped into this universe from a from a parallel one from a multiverse, and he is kind of like trying to reassure them, and yeah. and, and that like he's like even it like I'm in a world I don't know, but like I just need to check that you guys are not freaking out about this. Um, mm. Like I, 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 I okay, I'll jump onto the ceiling for you. Here you go. And then, yeah, cleaning up the cobwebs in the corner, I thought was nice. And just, <laughs> just how softly spoken he was. And I thought the little bit of stubble was a nice touch as well. Um, his hair is so big still and luscious. And um, <laughs> I think I think this movie really benefited from, um, from the 
you know, from from uh, Andrew Garfield's career post Amazing yeah. Spider Man, mm. and also the way that he's <laughs> talked about being hurt by that franchise, yeah. um, and it and it really does feel cathartic. Um, and I would also say, you know, that for all of the talk about um, that we that we had on the Hawkeye episode about Oscar chances for this movie, which I've got to say, after seeing it, I do think are fucking absurd, and that there is <laughs> like there, there should be no universe in which this is nominated. For no, hundred percent. I think the way plenty, the, plenty of technical Oscars. The way sure, the but... way to reward this move, the, the box office of this movie, is to go. Are any of these actors in contention for any of the major awards? Oh. Hello, Andrew Garfield in Tick Tick Boom, one of the front runners, mm-hmm. one of the front runners for best actor. May- yeah. Maybe this is the nice little bit of nod of recognition towards Spider Man No Way. Hello, Zendire in Doom. Hello, Tom Holland in Cherry. These are the give the awards out. You know, give these guys the awards. Cherry was last year, right? It was last year, wasn't it? Give it the award this it year. It's, that's how good it is. <laughs> give it again. I think Andrew Garfield's great in Tick Tick Boom. By the way, I think that would be. I haven't seen yes most of the, the, well, most of the whole year. Yeah, um, I mean the 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 movies. You know, got all of the all of the pros and cons that any Lin Manuel Miranda project has, uh, but I, <laughs> I think he's amazing in it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so Andrew Garfield walks back in. Reese, you haven't said like, were you were you as kind of like, oh, this is nice as James and I were. Yeah, I mean, this is the, for me, this is the start. This is the, all of the stuff with the three Spider-Men is, it's a magic trick and it's, it's, it's almost bulletproof for me. Uh, and I think the movie is, I think the, I think the reason that you have such high uh, cinema score and such high, such positivity from audiences is that basically from this point onwards until the end, there's just this extreme lift in the film because you see the three interact together. And it's not just the three of them on the screen together, but it's, you know, I think the writing, I think, yeah. The, yeah, I think the writing is, it's just enough. It's, it's cheek. It's sort of cheeky enough. It's emotional enough. It's specific enough. The three characters are different enough. The, all, all the stuff that maybe Joe, you don't agree with, but it's, it's, I think it's perfect. I think it should, it shouldn't work. It sort of, it shouldn't, the magic, it shouldn't work. It, that's why it feels like a magic trick. Yeah. This, this uh, for me is like, yeah. it, it, pays off the gimmick so well like it justifies 100%. it on yep. every level just by hmm. like i say it makes those previous spider-man films even the bad ones feel like they're mm-hmm. in service of a greater story so i and like it, kind of a, it I'm just not sure I with that, actually. <laughs> for me for me it absolutely think, does it goes like hey we've fine. been telling these spider-man stories for 20 years but here's the essence of the character like he's a guy who wants to help people and mm-hmm. he's doing the best he can under bad circumstances Shouldn't we all be more like that? Like that's that's mm. how it works for me. I feel like from this point onwards, the film is a series of nice moments rather than something cohesively successful. Mm. Um, and no, I, I find that hard to agree with. I know you do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I also feel like the. As much as I like seeing these characters again, I think they do a lot of MCU-ifying of the way that they are talked to and kind of undercut um, in a way that the MCU likes to, you know, kind of likes to constantly be undercutting its heroes. Um, And 
for a bit of warning, and we should talk about Tommy Maguire. I think that's certainly some of the stuff that I felt works less with Tommy. Like any of the kind of like little where they're kind of like ribbing at each other about their setups. I was like, I kind of feel like that that version of this character, the, the Maguire version of the character, is he's so earnest um, that I don't think he really meshes well with the MCU vibe. And again, that's why I kind of felt like I, I enjoy the meta narrative mm. of seeing Toby Maguire here, but I'm not sure I am really enjoying seeing this Peter Parker there because I'm not I'm not sure mm. that it does feel like the that Peter Parker. And if it does, I would like to see him treated with a bit more reverence. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, like the meta narrative was all that mattered. It doesn't it doesn't bother me that any of that doesn't line up and to yeah, be clear yeah, i think yeah. it, i think it lines up more than you're giving it credit for but um uh, yeah i just I think it, it only needs to line up on the meta level because that's what this film is about i think yeah joe i mean joe I, 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 the stuff you're saying just wasn't in my head either in the watching of it or or, or post it was it was very much pure enjoyment however i mean you know perhaps i'll go back to my very early comments which is this this movie is is a lot of sugar. It's very sugary. These sequences <laughs> are sugar. I.e., there's not there probably isn't that much substance to them. Maybe I disagree with James on that. There's there's they're not substantial. They're not particularly yeah. They're not they're not you know vigilating any any ideas or 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 interested in much uh, more. See, than, I, I disagree with that as well. Toys playing with each other, but I got so much out of that, and I got enough out of that. Um, I, th- I, think I think maybe that's where the three of us are different. On on that point specifically, I think this this Spider Man movie gets the character in a way that no, probably not since Spider Man Two, maybe never, has really been sort of handled on screen. Which is that it it makes a point out of like Spider Man's thing is that he will try and save everyone regardless of how badly it affects his own life and constantly throughout the film that's what he's doing like nothing nothing he does in this movie is selfish and it like it articulates the core of spider-man as a character that just no previous cinematic outing has really nailed for me like that's why that's why i think this is a spider-man nerds film is because it really homes in on that idea and is constantly hitting it throughout the movie and it does so in a way I, that brings in every previous cinematic incarnation of the character and says, this is how it should be done. You know, we've tried it and tried it and tried it. And we've got all of these guys to the same point by the end of this movie. We tried it and tried it and tried it. I, we got it. We got it right the first time. We did it a few times more. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's James. I think maybe your last, I've kind of agreed with you right up to the last, but I do think that, you know, I do think that the bit in, in this movie where Tom Holland gets to the point where he goes, no, these characters shouldn't die. Spider-Man doesn't kill. Reminded me of of the you know the Dan Slot Spider. You know what's it? What's it? Yeah, no, no one dies. Yeah, the, no, no, no one, one dies. dies. Yeah, that kind of that that thread of of storytelling, which is so Spider-Man-y. Like I completely agree with all that. I'm just not sure that the that adding the other two Spider-Men post the Aunt May death up until the conclusion really through anything they do, you know, and that and character is action. For anything they do with each other or, or, or individually, kind of makes that point. I just don't. I don't well, this, connect yeah, with that. But I, I agree I think with you. Could, I, Tom Holland you could broadly have told this movie from the Ant May death forward without the other two Spider Men. 
Yeah, I, I think that's true. But I also think a major component of this movie is giving those other characters like a chance to undo, you know, the deaths in their universes and the, I don't, the fact that... I don't think Maguire gets that moment. I really don't. He does because he saves, saves Tom Holland from bashing uh, Willem Dafoe's skull in it. But what end. does that what does that redeem or what does that add to his character it means that, we that... that we hadn't got by the end of Spider-Man 3? Well, it means that... Um... The uh, the Maguire Spider Man was able to to save uh, Norman Osborn from dying in a way that he wasn't in the first Spider Man movie. Oh oh oh! Actually, Joe, I hadn't thought about that. No, but that's I, a... I say. I know Joe said it, but that's <laughs> I, I, I know that's I'm... a plot point. That's not a, that's not a, that's not an emotional art moment, and it's not something that really plays. Like it, it's it's that is no, a it's for me, like when in Spider Man One when when Willem Dafoe dies, he's he does he's it reaching to, to grab in, in Tobey Maguire's yeah. arms, saying, "You know, mm. keep my secret. Mm. Sorry, I did this. Don't tell Harry." And instead, instead, Maguire gets to save him and be like, you know, Maguire doesn't hey. get to save him though. Tom Holland, it's that's that moment is doing another thing and it's doing something for the. It's Tom doing Holland both. Character. It's doing both. I don't think it is. We've got we've got a we've got a. <laughs> why why we, make it Maguire if it's not a, doing both? We've got a stabbed Tony, Toby Maguire laying on the ground, gurning in that moment. I thought that I, I didn't understand. No, that. no, no. Maguire stops him from killing Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe stabs him afterwards. Just to right? just to, hold on, just to just to compromise between the two of you. Uh, you're both right. I think that James you're right the text of the movie is that and and if you come in loaded with that knowledge of the end of the first film, you get that. But to York to Joe's point, the movie doesn't doesn't really sell that in in the way that it sells the Garfield yeah. moment. I think and it I, sells that, that moment. That's now. fair. And I, I think, and I feel like that the, the, the Gwen Stacy death is something that Peter's actions in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 lead to and that he feels responsibility for. It's not Peter's fault and it's not Peter's responsibility. It's not his it's not his actions that lead uh that lead Norman Osborn to die in the first Spider-Man. No, I mean they sort of go out of their way to make it not Peter's fault in the yeah, first because movie. Like, which, all which... he does is jump out of the way and let him stab yeah, himself. Yeah. Um and but... so and it did it, it didn't and, and also we are meeting these two characters and the and the way that they're introduced is basically here is one Spider-Man who has stopped pulling his punches and has be, has you know kind of lost track of who the Spider-Man he wanted to be, and another one who's like, "I've yeah, I've kind of got it figured out," you know. Like he's well, not—he's he, not, thing, he's, right? not a, he's not a character that requires a moment of emotional catharsis. If the, if they don't want that subtext of of Maguire stopping Holland from beating Willem Dafoe's skull in like that, it would have made more sense for it to be Andrew Garfield because he would have been like, "No, actually, anger isn't the way. I've been there, and you need to climb out of that hole." But yeah, I agree. Went, no. I think this this film would have <laughs> this film would have been more emotionally coherent with one additional Spider-Man rather than two. <laughs> yeah, but I th- I think... If it, was, if it was Amazing Spider-Man 3 as opposed to Spider-Man MCU 3. Yeah, right? I think the intertext of all those movies can't be ignored. And for me, there were just so many moments that called back to everything. Like, from Willem yeah, Dafoe's... Absolutely. Yeah, from, like, 
I was sort of in awe of how they managed to string everything together, really. I, th- this yeah. is this yeah. is what I said at the start. I was really impressed by how competent it was plot wise, and I think yeah. you're right. That, like it does make loads of com- uh, it does make loads of callbacks, and it doesn't go to pains to try and weave that stuff together. I'm not I'm not saying that there is no logic in that final moment where it is Toby Maguire stopping him, beating him, but also <laughs> that's not a moment where I think it should be you know someone physically having to step in like the work in the work should have been done previously like they should have been like uncle ben mentors to him that makes him realize yeah, like by the, the, the only <laughs> the, the, the fact the fact that at that point on the in the movie after having the discussions with the other pieces that he is wailing on norman osborne i was like yeah this is this is here because it's it's a climax moment rather than something that rings emotionally true that for, this that for me like the 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 part of that scene that doesn't work is that Tom Holland's character is willing to go that far in the moment. Cause it just, I haven't felt like they sold the idea of him being unhinged or, you know, rageful in that way. No. It's part yeah. of what, part I mean, I broadly, broadly speaking, that's a nitpick. Like for the, for me, I genuinely consider this on a par with the uh, end game in terms of how well it strings everything together it's... and just, it rewards you for caring about the details. That is part of what I was referring to at the start of the podcast, James, though, where I was saying that I think Tom Holland's kind of bad in this because I don't, I don't buy the rage in that character. Um, I also, if anyone's not listening to it and they're a fan of the TV show, um, I've been listening to the um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast, which I'm thoroughly enjoying where they're ostensibly recapping episodes but not really they're just kind of uh, <laughs> making jokes at each other at expense for half an hour a week um <laughs> so they're they're talking about a scene where charlie has managed to squeeze out a tear and he's very proud of having managed to squeeze out this tear um and they're like and you didn't have to use that thing where they come and blow menthol into your eyes and I'm like, well, well we, should, <laughs> we should explain that to the audience that you know a lot of times when you see actors crying on screen you know People will always give actors loads of credit for crying on screen, but a lot of the time, they've just hadn't. Got, it's like this air that's got menthol kind of run through it that they blow into your eyes, and it just makes your eyes kind of a little bit wet and puffy, and you know the tears <laughs> flow really easily after that. And I and and I I'd listen to that literally like in the car on the way to go see <laughs> Spider Man No Way Home, and I was like, fucking hell, they've given Tom Holland a lot of menthol. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I just, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe. Like he looks sad. He's a proper puppy dog of an actor. He looks sad, but I just didn't believe the depth of emotion yeah. from yeah. him. I didn't believe the rage as a reaction. And and like I said already, I don't, I don't really believe the relationship. And this, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Holland's an actor that when he was cast, I was like. Oh, I remember that kid from The Impossible. I really like him. I like, uh, you know, I, I, I like his vibe. I am glad that he's going to be Spider Man. I thought he was pretty good in the first movie, and I, yeah, I just, I just couldn't buy it. And so that moment at the end of the movie, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't buy it as a moment for Tobey Maguire because, all, because of all of the stuff that's going on around it, and I, and because I think the primary function of that is to give. Is, is to give Tom Holland his power responsibility moment rather than... I think if they'd have leaned into it more, you know, that that um, that Maguire was the Uncle Ben of this movie, that would have been great, but I, I, that's not what they were doing. I mean, for a second, I was like, are they, they're they not going to bring that Maguire just to kill him off, right? Yeah. 
I don't, I'm glad they didn't. Do I'm we glad under- they didn't. Do we understand why that happened? Do you think? Do you why? think? Uh, do you think? A, do you think there was a version of this movie or a moment where they were killing him off? No, I no. think it was purely practical. Like, okay, he's stopped Spider Man from killing Green Green Goblin, but now we need Tom Holland to take the lead on the finale. I yeah. bet. This so is, let's I get bet. Maguire off the board. I bet there was a test screening where he died. Mm. I bet there was. I'll be interested to hear because I, I was mm. sat, I was sat there going, they best not have just fucking killed Tobey Maguire, and then it turned out that they hadn't, and I was like, why the fuck did they do that? <laughs> <laughs> why did he get stabbed? Because I'm just like, I get like I can't I can't buy he, into he any got stabbed to get him out of the way. That's as, I, as pure as that. But right. I care about that Spider-Man exponentially more than the other two, right? <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> and so I am watching that entire scene going, shut up, shut up, shut up. What's happening with my my guy down there with the stabbies in the back? Because the last person I saw got stabbed by um, Green Goblin. <laughs> a, a glider, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, kind of rattled around for a while before she bagged it. So, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely, that was my main concern in that scene. I was like, so is he dying? What's... Uh, what's going on? Is he's okay? Is that we sure he's okay? Okay, good. He's okay. But yeah, actually, like, I'm, with, I'm with your conspiracy theory. I, I think, yeah, you've you convinced me. There's a cut where where he dies, isn't there? Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I should say just to go back to the moment where they do introduce Maguire. I thought there was a there was an interesting thing. I don't know if this is the same for you. I've seen Tobey Maguire on screen so rarely since mm-hmm. the Great Spider-Man Gatsby. 3? No, the Great. I think the yeah. Great Gatsby is the last time that I can think that I saw him in like you know a, a, a prominent role. And I don't. I don't know why he. You know, has been, whether it was because you know even around Spider Man, you know, he was in. I, I remember you know he was getting an Oscar push around brothers and you know, he was, he was a leading man in Hollywood and, you know, pre Spider-Man as well. And, you know, had quite a, quite a career and yeah, just hasn't done a huge amount. I'm just looking at his IMDb. He did the spoils of Babylon and porn sacrifice in 2014. And he's a voice in the boss baby in 2017. The only other thing that has kept him at the forefront of my mind is the fact that he's being played by Michael Sarah in Molly's game. Without them explicitly saying uh, it, but you know, uh, but that's uh, that's Toby Maguire. And when he did walk back on screen, I think for it was, I, I thought it was interesting that they introduced him not in the suit, and that it was just mm-hmm. here is this guy. And it was more for me. It was like, oh, who who is Toby Maguire now? What is his vibe now? Is is he going to be able to recapture that Peter Parker essence? Because you know. For all reports, he's a bit of a douchebag in real life, right? He's one of the <laughs> he's one of the pussy posse. He's one of DiCaprio's pussy posse, and yeah, uh, and he's yeah, he's this dick from Molly's game, and yeah, he's the guy screaming at um, reporters and uh, on TMZ and stuff. Yeah, like, but he walked on and he was just a guy, and I just thought, like, from the way he was carrying himself and that kind of just like slight smile and kind of like oh, I'm nothing important. I just I was just like oh. Yeah, okay. I thought I thought of the you know, like I said I think Garfield is giving his his new version of what he wanted Peter, Peter Parker to be, but I thought Maguire was mm-hmm. the kind of most effortless just like yeah, here I am. And also the the older Peter Parker who's just I've kind of I've kind of got things 
figured out at this point. He's the, I guess he's the Chris Pine Spider-Man of this movie. <laughs> yeah, he, he, of the two, he probably had the harder, the slightly harder tone to, to, to land on because, you know, because Spider-Man is a kind of quite a youthful, cheeky, cheeky character. That's just, that is the character. And actually, the, the comics have always, you know, have, have James, James, you will agree with this, like, have over the 60 years since Spider-Man first got published, like, you know, they, 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 <laughs> they run into trouble because they, they kind of go, oh, well, in, you know, in the, in the kind of comics timeline of this character, he's just, he's aged 20 years and he's in his, yeah. he's, uh, he's an elder state. So actually he needs to be this youthful sort of cheeky character. So we have to do some kind of reset or we'll send him into a mirror universe or we'll fucking have Mephisto, you know, delete time or some <laughs> bullshit. And, and so, so McGuire, you know, so Garfield can, can very much play and just play, Peter Parker in his twenties, right? basically, yeah. And because Hol- Holland's still basically playing Spider Man as eighteen, even though he's twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> whereas, uh, you know, Maguire has the tricky thing of like, I'm actually, was, you know, forty plus. <laughs> how old was Garfield when he was playing Spider Man the first time round, though? Like when he's literally 20s, like, yeah. kicking, <laughs> kicking around with his skateboard in high school. Yeah, <laughs> how do you do, fellow kids? Sing. Um, <laughs> so, so in this though, I think Maguire's uh, sorry, I think Garfield's coded as coded as. I don't know, mid twenties yeah. with Holland coded as late teens. And, and, and therefore, um, uh, is coded as, as an adult. And so he has the, yeah, he has got the, the sort of trickiest tone to land, versus, you know, particularly, you know, what's he going to do versus his, his old appearances 20 years ago. And I think he's, I think, I think he lands it. I think it's, you know, for guys not been on screen in 10 years, he's not been on, you know, on screen, notably not been a movie star for 15. Uh, he, he, he lands it. He's charming. He's compelling. Uh, he, he holds the he holds the camera. It's sort of, yeah, you're, you're reminded why he, why those uh, one reason why those, that original Spider-Man trilogy works. And it is because of Tobey Maguire. And he, he brings that same, those same talents to this performance. I Did we all enjoy the back joke? <laughs> the back cracking joke yeah. yeah nice nice little in joke there. there are lots of lots of in jokes like that i enjoyed yeah. the um i mean generally the thing i enjoyed most about Maguire coming back is that he got a happy ending after that sort of truncated downer of spider-man 3 like we find out you know he's still with mj they're still making it work he's still spider-man it's not perfect but he's making a go of it and you know he's got organic webs and the others don't <laughs> uh, I like, yeah, I liked that. I liked See, that's all. That's all the stuff that I mean. That like in the moment, I'm like, this is fun. This is nice. I like it. And after the film, I'm like, yeah, in a pure empty calories way, right? That's just like it's just uh, it. You know, I, 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 I guess what runs through my head is you only like those moments because you like Spider-Man already. And the way that you kind of look at people confused when they're losing their shit for the force awakens, you know, (laughs) that's, that's what this is. It's play, it's playing the hits. It's giving, it's, you know, it's giving me the stuff I want. And I kind of felt without, without much, um, flair maybe i don't know like certainly i i like i said i I need to come back to this i thought the filmmaking was so muddy um i thought it it i thought the cgi looked so ropey in this movie like it was one of the flattest looking blockbusters i've seen 
you know, at, at, within the MCU as well. Um, I, 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 I just visually really, really didn't get on with this movie. Um, and I, and I, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's something that I, I understand, James, that you can go like individually, that doesn't matter as much to me. That's not what I'm here for. Um, but it, it does what? matter to me. And, uh, you know, I, I think when, you know, a movie like The Eternals gets battered, but does just in in every frame ooze more sophistication than this than this movie. <laughs> um, like this, oh this God, I just could not disagree more with everything you said. I just like, think it looks as far it, as I'm concerned. It all looks like it's been made in a computer. And Eternals like, for me looks more computer generated than a movie. I just <laughs> that, don't for just, a movie that was filmed on location like, in great chunks of it. Every every time I saw the Spider Men stood together, I was like, "Are you in the same room?" I, re- I if you are, I don't think it's this room. Um. I, I just, nothing about it felt real. And I thought, yeah, particularly the final action sequence I thought was ugly as hell. Um, I've, I've seen that. I've, I've seen that take. I think Robbie Collin, uh, like that's so that's, that is his full take, but it's weird. I read that before watching it. I, I just didn't feel that when watching it. And I think maybe like me and James are, there's some disconnect or there's something different that's happening to me and James in this film that doesn't happen to you, Joe, Joe, where, we're just, you know, with with reservations, I've got reservations, and you know, maybe more than James, but there's just something about we're getting swept up in something that's making us not not focus on that stuff. I think because people are focusing on that stuff, but it, for me, watching it twice now, it, I, I just don't see it. I don't see the, the these guys doing the green screens thing. I don't see it. I think I think if you're noticing the craft, it means the film hasn't worked, and I think you know at times yeah. it hasn't worked on Joe, and that's why he's sitting there going this doesn't feel real to me. Whereas you and I, you know, fully immersed in the narrative. You don't I, care. I, don't care that it looks a bit green. I've nitpicked for an, I've nitpicked for an hour 45. So <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah. That's but what I mean. Like we can, is, you know, we can always yeah. go back and nitpick, but at the time sure. when we're watching sure. it, we're like, yeah. it doesn't, I, the craft doesn't matter to us because yeah. the, the story works. I was yeah. just, uh, my, my brain melted. I, I'd watched, I had, hadn't been to the cinema for, you know, probably close to two months um, and then went back and saw Spider-Man and Matrix Resurrections on back-to-back nights. And I was like, how is, uh, of these two films, how is the Matrix the one that is that is taking the shots for having crummy action? Because it's, yeah, it's but the answer is expectations, right? I don't think people yeah. go to the MCU movies expecting great action. They go to a Matrix movie expecting it. And... But I, I, I don't go to a major, I, I don't. Sorry, I don't go to an MCU movie expecting great action, but I expect it to look better than this. I kind of felt like the entirety of this looked like the Underground Railroad section of Black Panther. Yeah, I can't. It, it, I can't wishes, agree with that. Wishes it looked like the Underground Railroad, <laughs> which it does not <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we disagree on that. Um, any of the the other kind of moments in the final acts that that works for you? Because each villain kind of gets either you know like a a saving moment, or I guess Doc Ock gets the moment where he turns up and intentionally pretends to be a villain for a minute so he can have his own hero moment. <laughs> yeah, was... which is what you want to see, right? You want to see Spider Man's friends helping him out. <laughs> it's like the only good bit of Spider Man Three. 
I, I thought just, Molina got a bit a bit beefed by this ending, you know, because I th- I think that you know going from the marketing going in, you're like, oh, Molina's gonna he's gonna have all the fun. Well, it's Defoe returning guys. Uh, no, it's not. No, I know. I don't think it's Defoe. I think it's sorry, sorry, Defoe. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Yes, <laughs> yes. He is King he, King of a scientist Electro, himself. Defoe Electro. But you're right. Exactly. It's it, they're kind of in the. I think the marketing. Maybe that's intentional. It's, it's it's hiding Defoe's stuff, but Defoe gets the proper ending stuff. And I kind of feel like Molina. Yeah, I just I just wanted something else from at the end there. Something a bit something a bit more from him. I the think end, they gave us so much more of Molina and Defoe and Maguire and Garfield than I was expecting. Uh, uh, like I, uh, I was I was imagining we would get cameos from these characters not see melina i think by the time i got to see the film what i was expecting was a hannibal lecter like mm, yeah like like stuck in one cell yeah yeah and he is kind of like an an uneasy ally or 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 flat out that he is you know he's fixed and he's a good guy and then we get to spend the rest of the film whereas it whereas what happens is um once the Spider-Man come back, we just need to sweep him off to the side now because yeah. that's a that's a problem that's been fixed. And again, you yeah. know, I, I kind of I do have sympathy because a movie this big trying to fit in the things that it's trying to fit in, this is going to happen, and some of it's going to feel sweaty. But when it all starts to add up over a movie, I think that's what you know, that's what started to make me feel a bit frustrated with it, especially thinking back, like, is that really the best they could have done with Molina? Shove his arc into half an hour in the middle and then forget about him? It's the best Spider-Man villain we've ever seen on screen, and that's it. I think I'm with Joe on this, James, I'm afraid. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, he comes back and he's the one who stops Electro. Sandman and Lizard are fairly easily disposed of, and then yeah, we've we've talked the uh, the, yeah, the-, the the Green Goblin bits of death. I guess what we haven't talked about again, I, I, I it was never a problem for me. But were you happy with the costume stuff? Oh yeah, oh yeah, really cool, really cool. <laughs> they found a way, in my in my opinion, they found a way to somehow square that circle or, or, or square the hey we're gonna bring we're gonna bring Willem Dafoe Green Goblin back from those from that movie and yet somehow get him to a more traditional Green Goblin in the comics costume I love that I thought it was yeah I was very kind of nonsense it was it was a bit like the sequence in all the Hulk movies where like he gets a, a stretchy pair of or- of a purple <laughs> you know tracksuit to wear and then, he, and then he hulks out in them like it was a bit that it was a bit that you know, like, oh, he, he just happens to be here. Oh, he'll just grab this purple hoodie from you know from a clothes line uh, um, and and smash his mask. Like, I, I, but but you know, the the goblin, yeah, it, it's a cool costume in the comics. It, it looks cool in the comics. His costume, uh, think- and they and they didn't do it in that first movie. They did a very different version, which with has its has its pros and cons. But I liked the. I thought it was. I thought it was a bit. I thought it kind of had a mild audaciousness to it to try and. Of, of of all the things this movie is doing, to also try and hey, let's do a true to the comics Green Goblin outfit. Uh, I, yeah, I liked it. I I think so. I, you know, I've, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I think so much of my relationship with Spider Man is coloured by I was introduced to all of these things by the Tobey Maguire movie. So, mm-hmm. um, like for me, it's like I don't know. That's what Green Goblin looks like. <laughs> <laughs> He's got. 
He's got those big yellow eyes and he, they're big plastic oh, heads. God. It's, it's, and, oh god! And that is fine. But I think that's the Feige. I think that's that is that's that's one of the like the understated Feige um, talents, magic tricks, which is which is it all matters. It all counts. I'll include it all. I'm not. I'm not. Piss, I'm not sort of trying to piss on any of it or try and push any of it under the rug. I'm trying. I'm not trying to elevate any of it. Each project, each movie or each TV show, we will we will look at what we have and what we have is all that's existed, and we will we will maybe find new riffs and new variations on that. But it all matters, and that <laughs> makes that makes viewers of of all of it uh, feel better. You know, you you'll go. And I think I think this about Avengers um, Endgame, right? When they go and they visit, they revisit that scene in the Dark World or that that chunk, and like that movie, everyone shits on that movie. That movie's <laughs> bad, but 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 Feige's like, no, that's that happened. That's canon. That matters. Yeah. And 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 then you go and then that that bit in Endgame makes that movie feel more important, and you'll go back and watch it on Disney Plus, and you know you'll 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 keep your your sub again the next month, and it all it all fits in. All of this is true, apart from. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which, <laughs> which Feige clearly hates with a burning passion. Um, yet to, also, yet to make canon. In, yeah. Coulson was in Captain Marvel, you know, Coulson, Coulson yeah. I think we'll see Clark Gregg again. Yeah, pre-Avengers pre, pre, pre Coulson was in it Captain Marvel. It all matters. Feige, for Feige, it all matters. Apart, no, all apart, of it. Apart from, apart from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Apart from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, no, because he would have made... He would have made, uh, made... And maybe Iron Fist. What's your face? He would have made Laura Barton Mockingbird in the Hawkeye show if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's happen. fair. That's no, fair. It all matters. No, that happened. If Feige said that happened, it all matters. It didn't. Um, <laughs> the, the multiverse is cracking open. We see kind of like shadows coming through it was any of that recognizable to anyone to marvel nerds nah, no nah. just just shapes uh so the multiverse is cracking open pieces like yeah, okay i thought of a sacrifice that would work it's a nice character moment nice uh, i like ending this on a sacrifice for the character that's some that's something that does feel inherently spider-man to me of i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna make this enormous sacrifice to make everyone else's lives better yeah so that's really nice. Um, the uh, Dot Strange cast a spell. Nobody knows Peter anymore. Um, he, he has a conversation with MJ in the diner. She doesn't know him, and he decides not to reveal it. And then, yeah, he is he is now comic Spider Man, and yeah, feels like he is set up set up to have another trilogy of films where you know hopefully he is hanging around new york this time <laughs> it's just it's just the fourth the fourth one is called spider-man home and the fifth one is called <laughs> spider-man, spider-man home. home again spider-man <laughs> still home that's <laughs> all the fourth one's called like spider-man west coast and we've just we've had all this wrong <laughs> he, just, he just moves um, <laughs> should, we, should we talk about the post-credit sequence Sure. Or, do, or do we want to talk about grieving with Happy Hogan at the grave? No, I think skip, think, skip on from there. Do you think we see Happy again? Um, do you think we see Happy again? I, th- I, I thought this was... Are we actually, no, we're not talking about Happy. <laughs> we're not talking about Happy. <laughs> Nobody cares whether we see Happy again. John Favreau ba- barely cares. <laughs> Let's talk about Eddie Brock. I thought the post-credit scene was really funny. Um, I talked to one of my friends about it, and he hated it. <laughs> Where did you guys land? 
I just, I thought sort of pointless. I, I got a very clear sense that this was a late addition to Venom 2 and they went, oh, if we do this, we can do this in Spider-Man No Way Home. And Marvel went, listen, it's your contract, whatever. But I think... Isn't it a funny, isn't it a funny character to be... Like, as I, 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 <laughs> I say this, and, and not as someone who... Uh, so when I realised he wasn't showing up in the movie itself, uh, which I think I kind of had come to terms with that by the time the Spider-Man arrived, I was yeah. like, we're not seeing Venom. I just, yeah. We're just not seeing. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. <laughs> to be uh, well, and I, and I was like, I, I, I did. This was the, probably the one thing in the movie I predicted was like, we're going to get a gag about him not not quite turning up in time. And I thought, I thought the the post credit scene was was genuinely really funny. It was funny enough. I what I really true, wanted true the post credit scene. What I wanted from the post credit scene were Maguire and Garfield arriving back in their own universes and us getting to see what mm-hmm. what the changes are. Like, properly cap that off, show them getting home. That would have cost a lot of money. I mean, I if think... Kirsten Dunst had been, had been available, maybe they'd have done it. She's got no interest in doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I like the Venom scene because it, I think, in a way, I thought I think this was the, the most serious of the three Holland, Holland films, but especially by the end, the second half. And in a way, it made me appreciate the Venom uh, two movies more because when you go to, you go there into that sequence and you're like, oh, oh god, those movies are just fun and they're silly and, uh, you know, and and all this MCU shit is it, it, it takes itself much more seriously than these movies. And actually, I, I appreciate that there is this different tone that's out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I but like. I liked it as a as a Venom scene. I I can imagine if you yes. were a, Spy- a Spider Man viewer who didn't watch the Venom movies, you'd be like, "What the fuck is Tom Hardy doing?" Well, like the thing for me about this scene is that it attempts to leave some symbiote in the Marvel universe, right? Hmm. Well, yeah, that's that's why. It. And, and How that- is that going to work? What's it got to do with anything? Well, it's a. So I think this is the real reason why probably the Marvel side of things were happy with this. They were going like, well, okay. Now we, so, a, now we have a Venom. Yeah. We right. can, we can use this to we can use this as a tease for a future Spider-Man villain. And we can do Venom in this universe without having to, um, be beholden yes, Tom to, yeah, to Tom Hardy's schedule. Because yeah. I also think it's interesting that the, the, but I think I, here's another prediction. I've made lots of predictions tonight, but I think that, so, you know, the bartender, He's not. A, he's not a complete nobody like that. He's in Ted Lasso. And I'm not yeah. saying that he would be the next Venom. Danny Rojas. Kind of like, Danny Danny Rojas. That's who it is. Right, right. For boys' life. <laughs> I kind of yeah. Like he could be. You could see him. No, you he's could not. see him. That actor. That 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 performer being infected by the symbiote no. and then sort of no. passing on to somebody else. In nope, the nope, nope, you, nope. you disagree? You don't see it. Nope, 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 nope. No way on earth is he. He's just, he's just a uh, like a decent actor who was available that they could get into that scene to play. <laughs> okay, okay. To play Obama, wherever. It, yeah, it, 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 they cast. You know, whenever they do their Venom in the MCU, I don't know. It'll be. Uh, I don't who? Know. I don't know. It'll be who? I was trying to think of someone young. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, so it'll be, it'll be, uh, Paddington. 
feed. It'll be uh, Timothy Chalamet. Alan Venom would it'll be Timothy Chalamet. Oh, That's wow. who it'll be. <laughs> Wonderful. What a guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess. I'm trying to think of like the youngest actor I could possibly name. Tremblay Venom. Is that the youngest actor you could name? Yeah. <laughs> who is the, who's like, the kid from like uh, Jojo Rabbit? The kid from Jojo Rabbit. Oh, that um, little shit. Yeah. Um, Boss Baby? <laughs> it could be Boss Baby. Boss, Boss baby. What, Alec Baldwin? <laughs> no, the baby himself. <laughs> Race. Too soon. Does anyone care? Do, no, I, no, I don't care. No, no I don't care. No. Um, and then I uh, thank you for revealing that the, uh, the very last scene was... Um, a trailer for Doctor Strange because that Strange meant too, yeah. that meant that I could leave after the mid credits. <laughs> yeah. <Cool. laughs> um. So, guys, that was uh, that was Spider Man. I, I still need to check. No way home. Yeah, we did I, it. Two things I just want to mention that we didn't mention. <laughs> oh God. Very very small bits. Mm-hmm. Um. When Andrew Garfield catches Zendaya, and he says, are you okay? And then he looks like he's about to cry, and she says, are you okay? And then I was about to cry. Because <laughs> that, that really mattered for me. I, I loved it. And, and, and I, also... I, I, what I really liked about that was when she asked, are you okay? And I thought, yeah, he is. He's about to get nominated for an Oscar for Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> I also like the way that James Cook has... Here's the, thing, here's the thing we haven't talked about. This story that I have just that one one (laughs) second. Um, We haven't addressed this. The other thing, (laughs) (laughs) the other thing is, um, it's when Andrew Garfield says to Tom Holland, "Nice throw, nice catch." Sorry, and Tom Holland says, "Nice throw." And I was like, that is a lovely little intertextual moment of him saying, you have picked it up as Spider-Man well, and him saying back to him, you did okay as well. You're both good guys. I want to bring up another moment like that. That that scene maybe would have played more accurately if Andrew Garfield had dropped it, Tom Holland had picked it up. (laughs) And then they and then they briefly held it together and went. Well, at least it worked out okay in the end. <laughs> I also think the I do think the I love you guys uh, moment is 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 really it just it just it just, it, just, it, just, nah. like, it felt lovely. It felt nah, lovely. That was that was one of the kind of MCU undercutting moments that I I didn't like because it was like I love you guys and the rest of them are like okay, bit weird that you became that earnest in this moment. If they'd have gone, Joe, we you love genuinely, you too. If they'd have gone back and said, "We love you too," you're a cold bastard. <laughs> no, I think that, that, that I think that I think that moment in the film's a bit shitty. The, 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 it, it's like it's here is a moment where this Peter Parker is really earnest, and the other two are like maybe a bit too earnest, buddy. <laughs> not like, like having gay panic, like. They're just justifiably weirded out. Yeah, they're, 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 which is which is the MCU thing. That's what the MCU does, and that is not a moment that you would have seen in the previous incarnations of Spider-Man. It's an MCU yeah, fair. thing. It's yeah. an MCU thing, and I think it's fine. It plays in the MCU, but I felt, it's a Generation I, Z thing. 
I felt more uncomfortable. It's a Zuma thing. I felt more uncomfortable about watching that happen to a character that wasn't an MCU character. It's all the MCU now, though, man. It is. Everything's the MCU. Yeah, this is actually one of the the points that I I meant to make. This podcast is the MCU right now. Now, now, when people say to me, where should I start my MCU watch? I'm going to have to say... In 2000 and, well, 2001, there was a film by Sam Raimi called Spider-Man. You have to start with that. <laughs> God. That's, the, say, that's the first MCU Spider-Man film now. To understand I'm everything, gonna, that is where you must yeah. start. Yeah. I think, I, I, I'm going to say, have you heard of the Canterbury Tales? Everything's the MCU, okay? Have you heard of Chaucer? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then you watch A Knight's Tale. Um, <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, and you I, go, oh, this guy's Paul Bettany actor. I, I oh, he's Vision, right? Oh, fuck, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. shit. He is, right, everything a, is the MCU. It's a, it's a multiverse. Um, <laughs> one, one very brief moment that I want to ask about, just to carry this podcast on for a minute longer. Um, why the fuck do we get a close-up of a Star Wars Lego in this movie? It's a callback. It's so a it was- callback to Spider-Man 1. It's, Spider-Man 1, 3. It's, it's gross corporate stuff, and I hate it. Nah, come on. That's that of this of everything in this movie. <laughs> that, is, that is the least Craven. Yeah, yeah there's worse shit. Movie no, 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 Craven wasn't <laughs> in it. Craven wasn't in it. <laughs> this whole movie exists to sell Spider-Man. This whole movie exists to sell Spider-Man DVD box sets. Well, and it might, that, sell, and that's what might, you take issue might with. sell some Spider Man Lego, some Star Wars Lego as well. Yeah, <laughs> some bullshit. Palpatine, right there. The Palpatine Lego piece is flying off the yeah. show. Hey, listen, with a, with a billion dollar, you know, with a with selling a billion dollars of ticket sales, probably that there probably genuinely has been some kind of notable upsurge in yeah. Palpatine Lego pieces. That, that that will be measurable. And bloody Bob Iger, or the new guy Bob, the new Bob, the, the replacement Bob. Be uh, counting counting those dollars. What's the, what's the line? Some, somehow Palpatine has survived in Lego form. <laughs> <laughs> somehow he's back. I don't know what Pal- you're talking the about. Third Spider-Man. Badass. Right. If in the, if in uh, if in if in Rise of Skywalker it was a Lego Palpatine, that would have been incredible. That would have been absolutely mad. Right. Okay. So that was <laughs> that, that. That was the final point of our Spider-Man No Way Home discussion. Um, you know. Lots of opinions available to hear. It was either a five-star masterpiece, uh, a four-star great experience with Quibbles, or a two-and-a-half-star not-as-good-after-you've-walked-out. Two-and-a-half-star. Come on. Listen. I it's... stand by my letterbox. Let me, I'm going to put, I'm going to, I'll say this to you. My letterbox uh, profile um, bio is just half-stars are for cowards. So just fucking pick one, dude. No. Is it two or is it three? Pick one. No, Half-stars no, no, are no, for no. cowards. Okay. Well, at, at the moment, it's two. It's it's three stars on my letterbox. But like I said, if right, I three. So if three. I'd have left it, if I'd have if I'd have put that in a couple of days later, it would have been two and a half. And I may yet edit it because I I often do. Well, this is my. I'll, I'll let you know when I slot it into the list of where it's ranked. Okay. This I'm is privileged to hear. This is one of six MCU movies I've given five stars. When I see it again, I will reevaluate whether it belongs above Endgame and Infinity War or below. I suspect number six is the right place for it. What about um, the first Avenger? Does it the Go first in? Avenger? Yeah, yeah. What you mean the Captain number America. first, ca- first the num- Captain America? Yeah, 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 the number thirteen Marvel movie. Oh, you mean that one? Oh dear. <laughs> number thirteen out of twenty-seven. 
Oh, dear. oh no oh, to the heart. Oh, How does it sound against Eternals, the number three Marvel movie? How does it, I guess it's below, I guess number, it number, th- number six, three, right? number three from the bottom. You mean yeah, yeah. it will it will be sliding in below Eternals for me. Um, <laughs> Eternals is actually good. Listen, there's a, ra- oh, a range of opinions are available, mm. and we've we've given you them all on this podcast. And I, I'm, listeners, I'm going to do you all a favor here. I'm going to make an executive decision that we're not doing a pitch. Uh, because we need to go to bed. <laughs> I haven't written you one. need to stop listening. I'm not prepared to one, so fine. And reason's prepared one. Um, I had to go to. I had to go to bed. I had to go home. I have to go from where I'm recording to home an hour and a half ago. And I guess I have to stay here now. I yeah. don't have to stay where I am here. That's fine. It's fine. Reese is recording okay, from a from a phone box. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, that There's was running water. There's light. I, I do have all I need. There's a You're bed, the only reason we're still doing this no. podcast now. Okay, that was Spider Man Nowhere Home. Cool. Thank you for Blanket, listening. The um, I, I can survive this. <laughs> if you, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com forward slash cinematic universe. Uh, subscribe for $3 a month. We've just finished talking about Hawkeye on there. So uh, go and listen to all our Hawkeye episodes. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your podcast app of choice. You can find us on Twitter at Cine underscore verse. Tell us which one of us is wrong. I'm assuming most of you will tell me that I am wrong. So direct those to at Joe Cunningham 14. James is at James Hunt. <laughs> and Reese is at Reese. Uh, we'll be uh, back in a couple of weeks. Uh, our next episode is going to be the copies, which we need to catch up on from last year. But we thought you'd probably want to hear our thoughts on That's Spider-Man. what it's short for. The catch-uppies. The catch-uppies will be (laughs) be here. They'll be the next main feed episode. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.